I'm Don DeLorente. I'm Dee Dee Janae. I'm Magnum Blonde. And we're the host of the WrestleCast. You can catch us right here on the CSPN each and every Friday as we provide your pro wrestling commentary with color. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Yeah, I am your host, Roddy Katz, and you can find me at Roddy Cat at Roddy Cat on Twitter and Newsnerds Need on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at Newsers Needs Reddit and CB Caps on Instagram. Going on my PC. Hopefully you can't hear that. Anyway, with me tonight, as per usual, is Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram. Better late than never, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, a little inside baseball. Baseball. We are starting, even though we have a tendency to start late on. Generally, most of the time, we're starting a little bit late because we've got a little bit of a different setup going on here. If you're watching the video, you will see what that is. And unfortunately, we'll, we'll try to get that ironed out, um, hopefully. So, right. yeah, we're, we're, we're using, thanks to um, Google Killing Hangouts, uh, outside of the business version, we have to seek other ways of doing this program uh, recording-wise, which we have this, um, what we're using and we have another backup way, which is as much of a problem as this will tend to be. Right. So just bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. We're working out the kinks. With any luck, Google, you know, gets it right and figures out, hey, we need to give the people what they want. They won't. They've been killing stuff left and right. This ain't going to be no different. But, yeah, hopefully it's, there'll be another. Roddy Cat's a pessimist. Uh, but... You know, sometimes it's... <laughs> bear on the side of honesty than, <laughs> than not. Um, his, history has, has taught us this, but anyway, um, to, to keep the show flowing and going, uh, our folks that are not here, PC and underscore dirt on Twitter, uh, pop culture net on Twitter, pop culture network.com and uh, umbrella sites therein. And the Osiris of this is Tim D O G D nine eight on Twitter news. Those need. Oh, no, he's not with, I did that last week with, I don't know. Uh, the Click Nation. Everyone's responsible for news nerds. <laughs> you know what? If I had it my way, we would do it that way. But nah. Listen. Uh, the Click Nation. That's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter. Also, theclicknation.com. And, of course, Comic Resources, where he's over there writing his face off and providing us with some of the news actually we got in the lineup tonight. Yay! Yeah. So yeah, so and, well, I will say that with this new setup, so hopefully we will we will have um, maybe some new some new goodness coming out of some of the, the pain that is given us. But you know what? We're gonna roll with it until we get it straight. Uh, but you can find this podcast on Coles of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also subscribe to this podcast on 
Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka Apple iPodcasts, uh, Spotify, and of course the Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And also realize that sometimes that that um, I need to put my mic a little bit closer to me because this thing picks up sensitively. But um, I, I realize my placement's got to be a little bit better. That's just me. So, folks, another week. We are post uh, San Diego Comic Con. Uh, the news has been dwindling, but there's still some stuff coming out. But and, uh, as always, there are still some books. And oh, I forgot to tell 1870 this, but I will get to this probably after. Actually, you know what? I... Yeah, no, I will wait till we get to the news section. Okay. I have a box from a friend of the show, Matt Wang. Nice. Um, and I think I already know what's in it. But we'll get to that later. For right now, let's get to the books of the week. All right, we didn't have a chance to discuss what we're going to start with, but... We sure didn't. Dang let it. me see what Roddy Cat read. I think we basically read the same list of books, so you know let's what? I, see if we can't focus on one or two. You know what? I feel like the, the, the one big one of the week is probably the one to go with. Powers of X, number one. There you go. Um, Man, this is... So, okay... We are, I dare say, we are veterans of the the Hickman, <laughs> the Hickman mumbo jumbo at this point. Um, having gone through, you know, Infinity, his his, um, his two book phase, Infinity, Secret Wars, and all that kind of jazz. Sure. And we've generally liked it. I suspect at some point in time we will possibly say the same thing about this. Um, and that is not, and I'm not, and you, it, it sounds like I'm going to say a but about this. I'm not. I'm saying all of that because we pretty much have some more um, Hickman, Hickman is Hickman mumbo jumbo going on in this book. Right. And like I said last week, it reads like a manga. Kind of. Uh, I mean, I'm not as I, I you know maybe I'm not as well read in manga. Uh, or I guess I more have, more specific, I guess I say like a Gundam anime because there right, have been that, Gundam, yeah. That I understand because of the data pages. Yes. What, what I wanted to, you know, just in broad strokes, because it's actually pretty hard to describe what mm-hmm. this sets up. Which, so, is, which was the other thing I wanted to get, you know, why I said all of that. Right. So my notes as I, you know, as I jotted them down as I was reading them and I typed them in uh, earlier today, um, basically that this was the opposite of a fun read. And this is what I mean by that. Because it's not, it, it wasn't, you know, it's it's not like seat of your pants uh, thrill ride. It's not you know a, a, a rock'em sock'em type type comic. What this is is an intrigue, and it sets up a pretty you know immense timeline for a story that Hickman is telling about a possible future for the X Men. So we're laying out you know these these uh, various points in time in the future where things are happening in Hickman's future for the X Men. But the setup for it is a, is a real case of intrigue and reading these data dumps, you know, these prose pages that set up the story, really fill in a lot of gaps that you're supposed to understand going into the next issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely... And and if you're playing Hickman Bingo, by the way, like, as um, Agent 70 was kind of alluding to, there is time travel involved, and that is the thing that Hickman has tended to do in the past. 
uh, and the Snook Scepter. So we've basically, like, like in the 70s, so yeah, we've, where Hasselbeck sets up, I guess we would say the current day, maybe the beginning of what's going on in the in mutant world. This is setting up near the future and, and slash end of, right. I guess we could say. And I may have misspoke earlier. I meant to say powers of 10. And there's a reason for being powers of 10. Correct. Which they mention in the book. Because um, you see various timelines that I think there was a definite... That are powers of 10. Correct. Um, and, and for those kids who aren't big fans of math, look it up. Learn some. <laughs> yes. Don't, don't, well, don't Google it anyway, but don't just Google it. Um, but yeah, so it's, as Age of 70 said, it's kind of hard to explain because there is definitely a lot of exposition going on in this one, yeah. uh, which again, we're, we're, are familiar with because even though I don't think New Event just really started out with this much, like there was a lot of different talking early on and I, and I, and I hate to kind of keep comparing the runs. The setup, the setup was... Was, was similar in that they were spread out over two books, but I think the exposition was handled by characters and right. less as data dumps. As right. These, although uh, there were some issues, pages. right? Although there were some issues where there were definitely data dumps, but like you said, they were definitely handled through the characters and that just straight up static pages. Right. So in, in that respect, um, yeah, this book is basically the exposition part of well. The exposition part of a a later timeline that will definitely blend with House of X at some point, if not probably more intricately than we can see at this point. Um, that is not to say that this is a bad thing. No, it's listen. It's a start. Uh, it, like I said, it's an intriguing start. Yes, that is not a negative comment at right. all. Because this is something that is worth kind of sinking your teeth into and thinking of what the larger picture is. Right. And as tends to, yeah, like you, like you said, as tends to happen, the beginning of Hickman's run usually ends up having more questions than answers. Although, well, more questions than long-reaching answers, let's put it that way. Because obviously there are some, there's a lot of stuff that gets answered like right off the bat. But where it's going to go and fit in in the long run and the questions you come out of that are going to become apparent when that gets answered some probably good some 10, 15 issues later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so buckle up, because as basically saying, Hickman's in here for the long haul and the long con. Um, and I joked about this in our back channel um, uh, yesterday, but I feel like they might actually be some sort of nugget or tie to Secret Wars from Hickman's, from Hickman's run of Secret Wars that might come into this at some point. And be like, oh, by the way, this was already, you know, this came out of that like a long time ago, but, you know, we don't know. It, and maybe I could, I could possibly be wrong, poss- possibly be wrong, but I don't know. I don't know. Right. It's definitely worth picking up. It's definitely worth reading. I don't know uh, if at your local comic shop they ran out of these, but I know that at uh, the Forbidden Planet in Manhattan, uh, New York, they were well out of House of X, and I anticipate that they will be out of Powers of X number one as well. So, yeah, I'm, um, I'm, 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 I'm certain 
I'm already certain that they're onto second printings, but it's it's pretty jarring to see a rack of comics empty. Yeah, I I honestly didn't make it to the to the comic book store, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if I talked to my dude and be like, "Yeah, they 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 totally, <laughs> they totally rolled them out." So, um, so this is definitely a potential pick of the week pick mm-hmm. because it is, you know, like I said, it's not a negative thing when I say this is the opposite of a fun read. This is something that you sit down and absorb, and that's not a that's not a. A, a small feat for uh, Hickman and company to pull off, right? But even he's though he's got a great right, I was about to say he's got a great art team on this uh, on these books as well. So, right, they're, you know, they're pulling it all together, right? Despite the fact that we have seen we have seen the, some of the, some similar beats, I feel like there's still going to be some surprises. So we can't really go in here like, yeah, he's done all this before, even though some of it he has. So that's. That would be a full errand to go in and say it's going to be an exact same thing. There right, was some... and you could also you could also say that those might be red herrings. Exactly, because he's so. no stranger to that either. Right. So uh, that being oh, there was one other thing in my notes that I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but there was a certain conversation before things just kind of kicked off in the beginning of this that. Felt like it mirrored something cinematically. I don't know if you caught that or not. Cinematically with... Um, the two... Well, I guess... So, there's a... Well, do me to ring the spoiler bell? Yeah, I guess, sure. It's not that big of a spoiler. So, there was a conversation... As, well, there's a basically a setup at a fair uh, in the beginning of the book, and then there was a conversation between two characters, one being right. Professor X one being some young lady who I suspect was Mystique. And I, and it, yo, yo, totally. Because if you think about it, think about where they go after that, after that whole scene happens. So it, it felt like to me, it kind of mirrored the, the X-Men, um, in a way, kind of mirrored the X-Men movies of late. Oh, I read that as being Moira McTaggart. So I mean, could have been, we, we read that scene differently, right? But so at the same time, you but it, saw it as, right, you saw it as a mirror of uh, of that scene of, of I guess of scene in the most recent run of X Men movies. But I saw it as um, more at the beginning of uh, Charles Xavier's kind of establishment of his dream of a school for uh, for gifted mutant children. Sure, the only well, and who's to say that it couldn't have been both? Because I mean. Perhaps that could have been Mystique as Moira, Myra, Moira. But I didn't. I actually didn't even think about Moira when, uh, when, uh, when the, even though, yeah, the, the resemblance is definitely there. But I'm like, I didn't. And the timing as well. Exactly. So, and I guess it was something in the speech that kind of didn't, uh, in the way the, the speech wasn't um, hitting like that for well, me. Well, it's yeah. not accented. I was about to say, right. it's not it's not accented either. So right. you could be right in that sense. Uh, you would think that, uh, uh, you know, you would see the, um, the, the, the telltale accents being written in. Exactly. So uh, that was, that was kind of the thing for me. Um, but that doesn't say that yours couldn't be the case. And, you know, like, yeah, not that you say that. I was like, yeah, I could see it, but, Without some of that telltale accenting and whatnot, and speech patterns, it's like yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about it. 
and we may or may not know, but I felt like, like I said, coming out of that scene and what happens next, mm-hmm. kind of told what that was and who that and who that was also. That's, I, you know, I got to that point before I got there. So yeah, I was about to say it's it's definitely an in, you know this is a, another bit of intrigue in the book. So we'll see where that mystery plays out. And that might not even ever come back come up again. That like that could have been just like okay, well here's the it's Hickman. Right? I, I'm certain it's going to come back. Well, probably yeah, you're right. But you know. Or it could have been just like, and see, and the reason why I bring that part up, because, you know, we talked about what Hickman said last week about mirroring or taking notes from the cinematic as opposed to being the other way around, which in this case, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case, because like if it is Myra, then and this goes, you know, historically, but if it is Mystique, you know, and granted, they have a little bit of history, but at the same time, there's more history there, you know, quote unquote, cinematically. So, which what which what was it seem like? But well, one of these points I find out. Um, I don't know. Have we have we kind of wrapped that one up? Yeah, I think that's it. So yeah, so we're definitely going to keep an eye on. I mean, obviously, we're going to uh, House of X. House of X. We're going to be on top of these books. No need to lie about Man, that. It's a pretty big event uh, for the X corner of the Marvel U, so we'll Ooh. be on top of it. And I think they're both six issues. I'm, I know House is and Powers of Faith, and in the back of this, the reading order is still is still back there, so that was nice and helpful. Yeah, um, these are coming just, out, right, th- these are going to be coming out through October, so. Right, and I think Dawn of X is happening after that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or the Xbox, because either the Xbox are gonna, yeah, the Xbox are gonna start proper, and I don't know if that Dawn of X is actually in that is an actual other uh, mini series, or that's just like the Dawn of X is just all the other Xbox coming in. Don't know, but hey, we'll get that in a couple sure. months. Yeah. Next up, I was about to say we're speaking. We're speaking of solicitations. That's right. the problem. Well, yeah, but I don't remember seeing. Uh, I'm trying to remember if I saw Dawn of X as an actual book in the solicitations. I think it's just a, I think it's just a, uh, a name for this relaunch. Right. That's but right. we'll see. You know, things change. You know, there's still two months to go. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going to come out either in two or three months with, with regards to the conclusion of these two miniseries. Right, because yeah, October is the one that just came out, and we won't get. Being um, that is the beginning of August, by the way, um, first day of August, rabbit, rabbit. For those who know what the hell that means, um, yeah, we'll probably get that in a couple of weeks for November, and we'll have more. <laughs> sure, belated birthday to uh, Harry Potter. Oh yeah, that is also. Oh, and also, I was going to get to this in news. Um, Happy Spider-Man Day, also. Because that apparently is it is, yeah. Apparently it's uh, uh August first is Spider-Man Day, and I guess that was when he first uh, hit the scene in Amazing Fantasy. Okay. So, because yeah, I saw, saw that going around. Which I guess, since we're on that point, I wasn't planning on going this way, but might as well. <laughs> uh, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man number nine. All right, so we'll pivot there. And uh, I heard a rumor. Shout out to Bananarama. I, I love that you put that in. I was like, okay, that was nice. That, uh, <laughs> that the rumor's origin story goes pretty far back in history. Yeah. Um, and, and surprisingly, this goes out. This is another potential member for Agents of Atlas. Oh I no! I saw you put that. I'm like, wait, I don't, I don't, 
You know what? And the funny part about that, I was like, wait, this whole time she's been here, I never really recognized the fact that she may have been, been of uh, Asian descent. And it's not obvious. Right. So I was like, so up until this issue, like, huh, okay. There was no way to know. Exactly. Like, she just seemed like, a, like eh, she's an old lady and she's seen some shit. <laughs> and she has clearly seen some stuff by by what we found out in her origin story. Sure. Or or at least her backstory, not necessarily, you know. Because they didn't really touch on how she got whatever power she's got. Well, I guess they did touch they on did. it, but they didn't, they didn't, like, go, like, a full Yeah, bone. they didn't go deep, deep into right. it, but they gave the broad true version of right. her superhero origin story. And Which is more than what we've had previously, so that's, it's great. Right, and it's based, and it's based around the character, uh, Helminth, that we yes. were introduced to in the last issue at the, you know, like, uh, as, as kind of the, was being set up as the big bad. Um, for this arc in Friendly Neighborhood. So, did you do what I did and perhaps do a little bit of research on both Helminth and the rumor going back the length of no. time? Okay, well, I did, and I didn't really find anything. Oh, you didn't find anything? No, well, let me read that. So, there is a character called the rumor in the Mar- that comes up on the Marvel site, but it's a dude, and he was around the time of the 40s. Okay. Uh, but it looks like it hadn't seen sense or something like that. Um, and But then I try to go back and it's like, well, since 80 years got brought up, I'm like, well, maybe this has something to do with Timely, uh, which part of the story actually is, given some of the subject matter. Um, and I kind of looked back there and I still didn't really see anything. So so there's a couple of characters in, I believe there is a couple of characters in 606. One of them is called Worm that keeps coming, that came up for some reason. And apparently... A Helminth is an actual parasitic worm or something, by definition. Oh, well, that's a that's an appropriate name for exactly. this character. So that's a little little bit of uh, info info for you there, but nothing nothing in the history of Marvel. So from the uh, from what I could tell, for right, either so one of these particular characters, right? It seems that these characters, big fat retcons, they have been retroactively put into continuity. Right, and that being the case, the rumor uh, being the subject uh, of this one has ties to, um, I guess we, I don't want to say invaders properly, but definitely uh, Cap. Yes. Um, as, so, so this book is slightly misleading, or at least the cover is slightly misleading. Because while Cap does show up, you would, I guess you could be led to believe that he was going to show up in the present. And I thought, I seriously thought that's where this was going after the, the whole, the, the info dump kind of happened. Because you see, you know, she's recounting her history uh, to Prowler and Spidey. And Spidey's like, I'm going to get this adventure. So I'm thinking, okay, he's clearly he's going to get Cap. Um, and while he does that, uh, probably goes off the so I'm giving away the book, but whatever. Uh, probably kind of goes off the ra- the range um, to to seek his own brand of justice while Spidey's going to talk to an Avenger, not the one that I just said or thought about, but apparently a, a, another one. Right, it's a different tactic. Yeah, that seems to be that that Tom Taylor and Spidey seem to be uh, taking because. Um, this isn't necessarily a battle they are looking to win with punches. Yeah, said in the book, correct. So, but apparently, Prowler is still like, I'm going to go punch something. <laughs> Watch me. Right, right, exactly. So, it's kind of throwing a monkey, trying, 
trying to throw a kind of throwing a uh, monkey in the wrench, as John McClane would say. Mm-hmm. So that being said, though, this was a it was a quite interesting book uh, and a pretty good read because, like I said, there was some info in this book that we did not know prior, and where it's going to lead going forward in this book, well, who even knows? And I guess if it does end up that uh, she ends up being uh, an agent of Atlas, like uh, Agent Seventy said, then hey, if assuming she survives too much longer in this book, because I feel like I don't know, she she might be set up for. Cause she's a very I, I I like her character, so I hope she does stay around. But I feel like she might be getting set up for some for something. I mean, you know, we've seen those sacrificial type of characters introduced before. Yeah. But uh, I think that uh, it's interesting that she has this kind of backstory, uh, given the uh, the current political climate in this country. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so it's a very timely. <laughs> Yes, definitely. It's a very, very interesting story to be told. Um, it makes me want to, uh, you know, I have to double check to see what my physical uh, uh, run of Friendly Neighborhood is right now. I think I'm missing a couple of issues here and there, but uh, definitely want to make sure I pick this one up because I rather li- I, I, I rather liked uh, the, the rumor story and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll freely admit, I think I pulled up uh, Bananarama on, uh, on, on on Google to see what they've been up to. That was, yeah. <laughs> so, shout out to Tom Taylor and the art team of Wonka Ball and Ken Lashley. So, you know, they're, 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 turning out good, they're turning out good work here. Yep, definitely, definitely. So, I'm doing something I probably shouldn't even be doing right now, so I don't know why I'm doing this. I should stop. Um, and we should go forward to another book. Um, uh, feel free to pick. I think, like I said, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, pretty we, much everything we read most yeah. of the same thing. So, um, you didn't read Captain America, though, right? No, that one did, did not. Okay, how about um, uh, Marvel Team Up number four? You mean Marvel Team Up? <laughs> Shout out to Classic Materia. Shout out to Classic Materia. Um, you know, this <laughs> we need to we need to bring them on just for a, a, a special uh, team up episode. Uh, yeah, I thought about that, and, and you know, he's been he's been busy doing this cosplay thing and, and living. Yeah, there, so but we should put out. We, we, at some point, we we'll we just put out the feelers and, and, and let him know that he's more than welcome for a real team up episode. Absolutely. So, um, what I noted is that this this is I think the first time we're we're really getting a real team up of Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel without the specter of an overarching crossover like in Civil War 2. Right. No, so, we've seen them work together in issues of um, Ms. Marvel. Right. But not to this extent. Not where they're like working a case together. Yeah, and apparently we cuz we this going into the into this um, volume of the book, we weren't sure whose book it was going to be going forward because the first arc was was Spidey and and Ms. Marvel, which classically this was uh, Spidey's book, right? So apparently this is poss- This was like this is Kamala's book going forward, at least so far, going right. uh, forward. Right. If if not that, a good uh, a rotating cast of stronger lead characters who 
carry a team up story. Sure, which I'm fine with if, if, if it's uh, if it's Kamala's. So that's, I mean, I can't think of I can't think of too many other better people who would be that versed in the universe, much or around enough in the universe to to organically be in a team up with somebody. Right. We'll see where where we are at the end of this arc. I don't know if it's in. No, I think these two characters are still in the October solicit, so we yes. still got a few. Oh, no, stories yeah. left in this arc. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I think it's probably going to be like a three or four, just like um, just like the first one was. Right, I would imagine. And this one, it's worth noting that this uh, is being written by one, um, one of the McElroys, the the, the dad, Clint uh, McElroy, who uh, also wrote Journey, uh, War of the Realms: Journey into Mystery, along with his, his sons, I presume. But I think you may or may not have been doing most of the heavy lifting on that one, also. But I, I, that part I don't know, know actually. But he's doing it this way, which you know, like I said, tally up the, the <laughs> tally up the writing thing again. Anyway, that being said, uh, we also found we also are caught up with um, what is going on with in marvelous Miss Marvel because we see her here in magnificent. her suit. Magnificent. magnificent. Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> and uh, Marvel still works. Maybe that'll be the next one. Um, when they reboot out, they don't have to reboot it anytime soon. Uh, hopefully not, but you, the way they're going, who knows? Right, you know, they need a number one. And I don't necessarily need number right. one. They'll do it anyway, but regardless. So yeah, like I said, she has her current new suit that she just got in the, the last issue. Um, and next like, she kind of tells Carol... Well, that she, she kind of hints around what's, what's kind of currently going on, or at least the last currently going on, which is, I like a nice little bit of continuity. That that's that's there, so I appreciate that. Um, oh, and there is also a little bit which I'm assuming you would know a little bit better about this because Carol kind of talks about what I assume happened, or at least Kamala apparently already knows what happens to uh, Carol's mom in that uh, life of. Oh yes, that hap- That was the that was the. Uh of the story of the life, the life of Captain Marvel. It was right. a limited series, a five-issue limited series that uh, was published, I believe, earlier this year, going into late last year. That sounds right. Yes. Uh, so yeah, there's a little bit of that touched on, which they don't footnote or anything. Right, like, because like it was published sort of in conjunction with the release of her movie. Right. So yeah, that fits. So so there's a little bit of that if you're interested and in, in you see that part and be like, what? You know, if you're some, I mean, obviously there are probably hardcore fans of Carol who have probably devoured that stuff by now, but there might be some who are casual fans who didn't know that. But I know you said you enjoyed that book, if I'm not mistaken. I'm gonna yes. put in your, you know, put in words. Yes, it was definitely, it was definitely an enjoyable read. It definitely retcons a few things that we thought we knew about uh, Carol and her origin. And, you know, there's an important thing that changes, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, that's really. Uh, the point of the story uh, is the uh, the one important change to uh, Carol Danvers's origin. But other than that, I thought it was a pretty well told story. Right. So it's still a fun read if you're able to pick it up. It's probably going to be on Marvel Unlimited at some point soon, given the time, given the current date. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, if not, you can take a look at it um, in the back issue section of your local comic shop, or I have to check to see if. The trade paperback has already come out, but uh, there are there are ways for you to catch up on this. Yes. But with regards to this issue, 
I was very surprised to read this and uh, kind of agree with McElroy's voice for Kamala's mom in particular. Uh, there is a scene in which Carol and Kamala are at brunch at the um, Khan household yes. and there is a story being concocted and Kamala's mom is having none of it and she adopts a voice. There is a voice there. There is um, uh, a mother's voice, an immigrant mother's voice, an Asian immigrant mother's voice that is so familiar to myself <laughs> that I was impressed that uh, McElroy was able to capture that. I feel like, because what it seemed like, obviously they, there's I would hope there is some crosstalk between, you know, between Marvel groups. And I would like to believe that some of that was informed by, you know, probably Salvador Ahmed and maybe even G. Willow uh, Wilson uh, at that point. But right. I mean, I, I would Sana, like to believe Sana, that. Yeah, Sana Amanat is still an editor there. Correct. Well, I don't think she's editing his book anymore. But she's still an editor. Oh, no, she's a no, she is, character. Her title's changed now. She just, yeah. She's not editing anymore. Right. Um, but regardless, she's still around. But it, but I'm just saying, just you know, um, yeah, in the creative, yeah, in the, on the, in in the, the creative, creative pool, way. right? Because otherwise, we wouldn't have had, you know, the the, the beat that we do have. Like I said, the, the the current goings on being put in here and whatnot. But yeah, definitely, sure. that was a voice of like, yeah, I could totally see that that same thing happening in the current Ms. Marvel book. And like you said, you have <laughs> firsthand knowledge of that voice, right? Uh, so. You know, being familiar with that voice, I was I was glad to hear, and I, and I would sincerely hope you know that Saladin Ahmed and uh, and maybe even G Willow Wilson, you know, would, would, would might have uh, uh, provided some information on that. But right. uh, but and not but but otherwise, you know, the the team up is uh, the team up kind of you know revolves around some damage control issues. <laughs> <laughs> I both love and hate that. Right. And, uh, and the culmination of these damage control issues uh, is the reveal of a long lost character. And, you know, I know, and, and I have to admit, my reaction was, oh, no. Well, mine was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like how? Which I think they even alluded to, or in, in the back of the book, like we don't know if that person is actually that person. Exactly. So there is that. Uh, but at the same time, like, well, and that version of that person is like, huh? Okay, weird. Um, but that being said, yeah, I don't know. That that's a weird version of that person to show up. Mm -hmm. Even if that is actually that person, which it technically mm -hmm. shouldn't be from what we know. Right. But well, ultimately, like I said earlier, it's really fun that this is the, I think this is really the first uh, comic that has uh, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel working a case together like this, mm -hmm. where we're seeing, you know, every page is with one or both of them. So it's, it's really a great, you know, I, no offense to the supporting cast in the Miss Marvel comic, but there's oftentimes, you know, oftentimes we find that in the Miss Marvel regular series, we have to 
kind of check in on their stories as the, the main story is being uh, as the main story is kind of carrying along. Mm. This one, other than that little brunch bit, you know, we're not really dealing with it with any of the other supporting characters. So it's really, uh, uh, you know, these two characters, and it's really fun to see them playing off of each other. Right. Yeah. Because this is more, right. Because this is more, you know, this is more one team up to more Miss Marvel, you know, part than than uh than being just Kamala's. Right. So. But yeah, like I said, it was it was a it was a cool story. I enjoyed it. You know, well, at least for, from what this issue is starting to give us, that I don't know, like that reveal was kind of whatever it was, but. We'll see where that goes. All right. Sorry, I'm weirdly doing some. There we go. I'm doing some little. Oh, you're resizing. Yeah, I should have done. I that see. Day. Yeah. It's all good, ladies and gentlemen. We are uh, dealing with a slightly new setup this week, so uh, yeah. bear with us. But as President Barley would say, "What's next?" Um, what is indeed next? You know what? Let's do FF. Sure. And then we'll get to the other team book. Um, matter of fact, yeah, we'll, we'll just, let's, let's kind of... I, I hate to be the one to speed this along, but... Oh, it's all good. Fantastic Four number 12. It's a great... The, there's a great opening scene. Yes. This. The opening splash page made me laugh. <laughs> it which, just did. Which, uh, whoa. Um, which... Uh, if you've looked at the previews, which un- which fortunately and unfortunately I did, you, you kind of get spoiled on that, you know, um, before now. But it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely uh, a cool thing. Right. So I'm going to ring the spoiler bell just because it's hard to talk about this issue without spoiling something. Yeah. Here we go. Three, two, one. <laughs> So the whole point of this issue is that it's the one time of year, the one time of year that Ben Grimm gets to shed the beautiful orange rocks. And um, classically, it's usually the one time of year another confrontation tends to happen, except it hasn't happened that often in recent years. But but classically, what would happen fairly often. Um. but we'll get to that in a little bit. So yeah, so so yeah, so so Ben and Alicia are finally going on uh they, going on their honeymoon. So they get uh, seen off by the rest of the family. You know, the, you know, there's some hey, take care of this and that and that's no work type stuff. Um, I doubt they're gonna call Luke Cage if anything <laughs> actually happens while he's gone. You know, but. It is what it is on that front. Um, and there was a beautiful burn that um, that Ben kind of just leaves Johnny with, which is kind of added to the point of the old joke, which, you know, Johnny's still, Johnny's kind of upset with at this point. It's a know. really old joke. Like, it we're is. talking, we're talking multiple generations of fans here. May not, not at get this point. Yeah. So, but it was, a, but it was a beautiful burn. And I was like, okay, that was, that was, that was great. <laughs> which I won't spoil it. We won't spoil that here. But it was, it was if you if you are of a certain vintage and, and you read that part, you'll you'll know it. 
And if you don't, and you want to read up on that, you know, you can go search on that and, and see what, what was the deal on that, because, right. yeah, that was the right. thing so, that happened. Right, so we know what the premise is. Mm-hmm. The, Grim, the Grimms, Ben and Alicia, are going on their honeymoon. And you know, superhero shindigs, parties, weddings, never go off without a hitch. There's always something going In wrong. Fact, Ben had said something like that right before they got married because they were like, nope, nope, we're not doing any of this because all, because every time somebody gets married or something like, you know, or a, or a bachelor party or something, you know, something always jumps off. Right. And, and you want to have anything, which still happened then. And right, which, which, which to me kind of flew in the face of what Sue and Reed do, which is take away his FF communicator. I'm like, come on. He's not going to answer. I know that, listen, I understand, I understand the thought behind it. It's all with good intentions. So we all understand why they would say, look, uh, as as Roddy Cat mentioned earlier, look, we got this. We'll call up Luke Cage. You can have your vacation. We don't need you to come answering. But guess what? Communication is a two-way street. Well, there is that. But, and also, um, despite taking all those precautions doesn't mean that stuff won't jump off <laughs> sure, sure, <laughs> Where, sure, wherever sure. you are, you know, even right. if you is in, in, in communicado. Right. And, 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 and the confrontation that we're leading up to the, the, the events that kind of screw up Ben and Alicia's uh, first night on their honeymoon uh, is reminiscent of a Godzilla movie, to be honest. I don't know if you caught that. Um, if you flip back to the, if you flip back to your uh, to your re- review copy of the book, you'll notice that a fishing vessel is uh, disturbed. Oh right, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> that entire sequence. I didn't. I totally didn't think about. That entire sequence is like a Godzilla. Movie. I can. Yeah. Now that you say that, I can see. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Yeah. And but even then, like, well, and granted, the cover kind of gave it away anyway. So it's like, well, we knew what was going, what was going on. But right. I, but at the same time, I was like, "Wait, how did he just so happen to aim himself so perfectly just to just to hit that boat?" Right. But at the same time, it's comics, so that you know, right. it is what it is. So like I said, you know, it's a it, it's a it's a it's almost a callback to uh, some classic tropes in Godzilla movies. Uh, you know, mm. when when, uh, when when the monsters introduced. So um, I rang the spoiler bell, but the cover gives it away. The Hulk is in, in the midst of uh, um, starting the latest brouhaha, but there's someone else behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And now it made me wish I had the covers, because I could totally put the covers over here in the, cover, in, in the corner. <laughs> now that we got the new setup, I can, you know, yeah. But anyway. Sure, you're experimenting, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so maybe next week we'll, we'll, see, we'll see if we can get that back introduced. Uh, anywho. But yeah, so and as what tends to happen when the thing and the Hulk get together, there's a there's a there's a a bit of a slobber knocker. This one, oh, it's beautifully rendered. Yeah, totally. It's beautifully done, Sean. Uh, I you know I, I was surprised that I had not yet started following uh, him on social media, you know, for his art. But uh, I want to make sure I pronounce his name correctly because it do- it definitely looks like uh, I- Isaacs. I but thought, he's I thought, South African, so right. it might be Isaacs. Isaacs. That's what I was, I was thinking. Isaacs. Mm. Isaacs. Right. But I don't know. But yeah, but I don't know either. Right. Either, so. the, there was like South African Afrikaans right. type exactly. names. 
So I'm not 100% sure how that's pronounced. But, right. And we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll get that straight at some point soon. So. Right. He's done um, he's done a, a few things of note, a few uh, comics of note, like Pathfinder. I definitely noticed the art in Pathfinder, but seeing... Wait, you mean Pathfinder, the art, the, the uh, comic, D&D book? I think it was the Valiant comic. Oh, that Pathfinder. Okay. Right. It I'm was a, it was a Valiant comic. Sure. And I think he's done some work on Champions as well as... Um, some other books that we've read, you know, and we've noticed the art, but we just never, you know, I just never uh, decided to uh, commit to, you know, looking for the artist and finding and following on social media. But after this issue, I, I, you know, my, my jaw was on the floor. It was beautifully done. Just beautiful. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah. And I, Normally, well, historically, you'd have been like, okay, yeah, it's another one of these. But again, like I said earlier, we haven't seen this fight in a few years. Now, granted, I think the last time the thing fought a, a Hulk was Amadeus uh, a, a couple of years ago, um, which arguably may or may not count, but it's still a Hulk versus thing. So you, you, you take that for what it is. Uh, but in this case... Okay, so the weirdest thing about this is how natural this was because going into the end of this issue, you're like, okay, for some strange reason, the whole shows it well. I guess we thought we saw, we thought we saw how, but um, but there was a wrinkle in there that we didn't, or at least I didn't think about going into the end of the book because I had totally forgot that there was some other person that was behind the scenes going on here. That I think at the end of the last issue, you know, we had gotten some. We, we, right, we got the hint. Right. And I totally forgot about that part going into this and thinking, it was like, okay, well, for some strange reason, the Hulk's just gunning, gunning for, for Ben just mm-hmm. for no reason. And until that happened, I was like, oh, right. That was the thing that, that, um, that was the thing that happened. Or that was the thing that was at least a little That came up, right? Right. So even, even without the direct Hulk tie, but we knew. Like I said, the the person, and spoiler alert. Uh, so Ben is married to Alicia Masters. Uh, there is a classic FF villain who is related to Alicia. That would be her father, the Puppet Master, and he's a part of this, which is why the Hulk is gunning after um, Ben. Which. That part was kind of weird to me because I could because I thought, given like I can't remember if it was like the wedding special or whatever, um, I thought they came to an understanding, but then again, if I remember correctly from that, Alicia had a little hand in that happening, right? Um, and I don't know, and I'm hoping that's probably going to get addressed at some point. Because that they, they surely that shouldn't have been put there and not just dropped just like that. But we see the puppet master kind of sort of back to his ways and not liking the fact that his daughter's, you know, well he doesn't really say this outright because like we only see whatever just kind of gunning for Ben again like he classically was. Um. So I assume we're going to get a little bit more on that in the next issue. Right, so I thought this just was such fun to read. It was just a fun, mm-hmm. fun read. Totally. Um, you know, my notes, just as we said earlier, the story is nothing really new. 
as far as an FF story is concerned, but it's just well executed. So oh, that's, it, that, those are my final words on it. Right. And we've already kind of, that's just kind of restating everything that we all said about, that we both said on it. Right. Except um, for, except for one thing, because there is a wrinkle to this fight that was alluded, that we talked about earlier that is going to come up next issue in that the fact that, uh, in a matter of time, Ben is going to end up turning back human. Right, it's that time of the year. <laughs> right. So that's going to, and, and and they made length to show, you know, how much time was going to be that, you know, that that fight is going to have left before it gets uh, abruptly ended. Might as well go ahead and say. Right, right. So, listen, this is um, uh, uh, Dan Slot tweeted or Instagrammed out that this is definitely an issue that you can jump onto Fantastic Four with. Right. I wholeheartedly agree. Yes, yeah, because you need no power knowledge of what's been going on in the, in the last few issues. Right. This is definitely worth the buy-in. This is a great place to buy into the story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically, like I've been saying, a pretty classic um, FF you know, story. Uh, in a sense. So, that being said, um, I guess we can go on to... Well, which one you want to do? You want to do Avengers? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, Avengers 22. Uh, this is the start of... So it's a, there's an interesting setup and a start to the big Ghost Rider storyline that's been teased um, in the pages of the Avengers. And spoiler alert... Uh, one of the Ghost Riders that we are most familiar with makes an appearance in this issue as the king of hell yes. and um it's um you know it, it's definitely um definitely in the role of not necessarily a protagonist but definitely an antagonist because there's uh there's something to be there's something to be determined about the nature of uh, robbie reyes's uh, status as a ghostwriter or as a spirit of vengeance because there's just uh, he's kind of reached uh, a crossroads as um, the spirit that powers him as the ghostwriter isn't necessarily the one he's communicating with right now and that's causing a big problem. Right and I feel like um, it seemed like we were going to get or we may end up still getting some sort of Secret origin, secret backstory of the Ghost Rider outside of what we've already gotten with the one B, one million BC stuff, but because there seems right. like that, this kind of setting up for like yeah, there's a little bit more to the story, and specifically with, well, not even specifically with Rafi, but definitely centered around, but you know, with the Ghost Rider in general, right? Uh, because they all, it's even mentioned in this book that a lot of them have different uh, origins, right? Now, that being said, I was going across uh, CB Cap's uh, Instagram earlier today, and I didn't forget about this, but it just reminded me that there was a particular Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur story where there was a couple of Ghost Riders showed up. One that was on a tricycle, and one was on one of those big, uh, I can't remember the name of those, the, the, the big bicycles with the big, the big, big wheel and the little small wheel in the back. Okay. Uh, that showed up in in um, in Moon Girl and Dan Devil Dinosaur, and I really hope they show up. But I doubt <laughs> it because I think we I, we can safely say that Robbie, well, Robbie and Johnny are there. Danny Ketch is probably going to show up. They 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 mentioned them here. 
Um, maybe there's going to be someone else that'll show up, or maybe like Phantom Rider or somebody. Well, they've already teased right. Cosmic. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider is going to be in it also. So, like I said, and I I'd assume all that's going to just blend together and be some kind of, there's going to be some sort of secret history thing going on. Um, there, right, it's weird that story. you would get this in the pages of Avengers, but at the yeah. same time, uh, it's in the pages of Avengers because unfortunately, Ghost Rider really can't hold its own title right. You know, right now, it's this is a this is kind of a uh, well, he probably backdoor, this is a backdoor pilot sort I, of to I their new book. That. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, because his book seemingly while the numbers did and did not bear out, but I know his his book was kind of liked by a bunch of people. Um, which you know, I read it, yeah. I, you know, but unfortunately, the character has uh, not cult followings, but followings according to which Ghost Rider they grew up with or knew best, and that's it's unfortunate because now we have a third or fourth or however many Ghost Riders that we want to count. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, we're we're really talking about the, the the main three that we all sort of know. Um, you know, for, for folks of a certain vintage, Johnny Blaze is their ghostwriter. Shout out to Method Man. Yeah. Um, but then there's those of us who grew up, uh, or at least came of age in like high school, and Danny Ketch was running around with an updated look mm -hmm. as the ghostwriter. So, and that's the ghostwriter that really populated the pages of comics for a while. And that was the ghostwriter that brought Johnny Blaze back to comics. Right. And yeah, now Johnny got and now there's Robbie, him. right? Now there's Robbie. Well, and Robbie had the, I guess you could say the the benefit, or at least the addition of being on Agents of Shield for a brief minute, which sure. I'm sure the comics had more to do than the actual. Right, you know, Agents of Shield had less to do with that than than right. than, uh, than than the comics right. did, but because and he drives and he drives uh, Dom Toretto's car. So exactly. that's a big difference, uh, you know. Yeah. That 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 uh, you know is um, a, a, a big difference between his character and the previous writers. Or who's to say that Toretto's not a ghostwriter? We don't know. What's that? Who's to say that Toretto's not a ghostwriter? We don't know. No, no. Um, but yeah, so that that's pretty much it. And the more will that will develop on that as this uh, as this arc goes. Oh wait, there's actually one more thing to, to be said about this and. There was an expert that T'Challa mentioned, uh, which it wasn't the person I thought it was going to be. Because I'm thinking, it was like, okay, you mentioned an expert. We know who that's going to be. It's, it's got something to do with magic. So clearly it's Doctor Strange. So I totally did not think about what, and this character has been, has popped up in recent years in two different looks. So, so I don't know if people are not talking to each other, but apparently this, this character has come up with another look kind of a blending of a classic look and um, a new Sons of Anarchy <laughs> looking look. I don't know what to call it, but basically Damien Hellstrom shows up as this uh, makes sense, this uh, this uh, expert that T'Challa called rocking just a cape and a bald head and, you know, just pants like he, like he classically used to. Except for the bald head. I'm like, what in the world? What brought that on? He actually Wait, what's like... bald? Hold on. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah, he's bald. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Wait, you didn't oh, know yeah. that? Yeah, no, no, no. Goatee. That's what I thought. Well, oh, yeah, and the goatee, yeah. Because, like, especially in the last couple of years, he's been, he's got, he's got hair. He's, one was, he was in a suit. 
And then there's been another time he was with it. Probably Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, I think it was, was back to his, his old look. But he still had hair. So, I don't know, maybe channeling, channeling, channeling um, Aaron himself, who I think is also bald. I think so, but uh, it was pretty. It, it was a pretty dramatic yes. guest appearance by Damon Elstrom. Um, I particularly liked. Uh, um, there's a couple of lines here. He's just like uh, anyone who doesn't already have the stain of hell oh, yeah. deep in your in their <laughs> souls should leave the room now. Not you, alien half breed. <laughs> Rogers, get out. <laughs> to which, at this point, he kind of, well, I mean, yeah, because basically saying that he's relatively untarnished, but I would imagine Secret Empire kind of put a little bit of red in his leisure. Well, not, I was about to, yeah, but, but, but not uh, to the extent of like some, most of the other characters of some dirt, some, some dirt. And it's not this character, yeah, I was about to say, because of the way they played out Secret Empire, it's actually not this cat. Well, right. So, but still, he still has yeah. the, the guilt of it, um, even if it's not. That was the story. Yeah, that was. I know, but still, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so that's so that is pretty much it. The only other thing we get in this issue is that we get um there's a little subplot with um Thor Iron Man in Wakanda with Okoye who come across this cave. Um and this is seemingly linking back to the one B- one million BC stuff because in oh, said, Huh? It's not a Wakanda. It's, it's not a Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, that's right. Because that's where um, that was it. Yeah, because they mentioned that's where Carol and her crew from uh, right. Wars or from um, War of the Realms. Right, but I know fighting. why you why 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 that slipped because um, just very quickly the story is that um, they you know they're trying to clean up uh, the mess from War of the Realms mm-hmm. and there there well, something was uncovered in some super duper commando highly trained vibranium miners from wakanda were sent in and they were sent out like their heads were on fire because they were scared you know uh uh scared to their wits end Mm -hmm. but of course the og general okoye uh makes her way in i thought i love that part right it's like yeah it's like yeah they went in and came out scared witless and no no i went in and got whatever whatever it was in there so no big (laughs) <laughs> I took care. I took care of business. Yeah, so I really like that. Mm-hmm. So, and what she found was like I was saying, going back to the one billion BC. Well, so here's a part of that, that cave, kind of before the even reveal. Um, and I hate to go back to the movies again, but this is also classic, classic for the character, uh, the beginnings of Iron Man, where he was in a cave, and sure enough, it did have something to do with him. And I don't know what made me think about it before that happened, but. Um, Okoye went in and found a helmet that should not have been in the Stone Age because it was made of molded iron. Um, yes, not unlike the the the, the um, Mark One that was uh, that uh, that uh, Tony made. Which actually, I thought about it. If it wasn't for the fact that it was as old as it was, it was like, wait, this is the same. I would almost have expected Tony to say, "Yeah, this was the cave I was in when I when I, when I first made Iron Man," <laughs> but it wasn't the case. Although. Wait, in the movie version, where were they in? They weren't in Turkey, were they? No, I didn't think so. It was, uh, I was about to say, that's supposed to be. It was supposed to be uh, some sort of an to Iraq. Right? Yeah, I thought that much, but I was like, wait, surely there's another tie here than that than just than just uh, War of the Realms. But okay, I'm reading too much into it. 
So regardless, so now we have this helmet from One Billion BC that apparently suggests that there was an Iron Man back then, or maybe even specifically Tony, because even Tony made a mention of, of like, I've never been here, but I will be. Suggesting maybe he time traveled. There's a lot in this issue that has been teased right. going forward, and this issue does a lot to start to start setting up those stories. Right, and not the first time for time travel for Tony, so I wouldn't be surprised that that, uh, right. that would be something. Although the fact that he doesn't remember it is, is a whole other thing, but you know, I, again, yeah, because it was teased, I'm sure we will get that. And I kind of groaned a little bit because I was like, okay, yeah, we know we got the one billion BC Avengers out there, and pretty much most of the Trinity was 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 actually no, it wasn't. It was just basically Thor because there was no Captain America there. Um, but regardless, no, that was the, that was the thing. So it's not like the Trinity was there. So I'm hoping they're not really setting up the fact that it's like, no, no. By the way, the Avengers was there and the Trinity minus the actual original Avengers right. analog. So anyway, all right. So we've got uh, a couple of books left. Um, the last book that we have in common is Black Panther number fourteen, and after that we'll go into Rapid Fire. Yep. Um, I only noted. I like your notes on this. I only noted one, a couple things that we've got a real action-packed issue, and we've got some serious Star Wars. Although, in deference to Roddy Cat, hmm. I think he would rather I say that there was some serious Star Trek. Like I mean, the whole the, this whole couple of arcs has been Star Wars in nature. So no, I'm I'm still with you on that. The only reason why I said that there was that Star Trek because of that one ship. So yeah, spoiler alert: there is a ship that looks like the Enterprise, but it, but a Wakandan version of the of the Enterprise, mm-hmm. which is why my notes kind of suggest as much. But no, the the but um but no, the, there's a total Star Wars thing going on between these whole last couple of arcs. So, no, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you there. Yeah. I mean, as the action is picked up, as the uh, the mystery of the identities was solved and memories were restored, things have been moving at much more of a quick pace than they were at the beginning of the, uh, this uh, Wakandan Empire arc, mm-hmm. uh, way back at the beginning of the series, because we are now at issue 14 and we're still chugging along. So... Um, but we're seemingly, seemingly at the end of it, though, because yes. especially if yes. the, the next cover is a suggestion. Yeah. So, but as I mentioned, we're definitely moving along at a, at, at a much quicker pace and a much more uh, uh, Star Wars like. You know, uh, you know, we've got to save. The, you know, we've got, you know, we need to uh, hold off to uh, ho- you know hold off the Empire so that we can evacuate the uh, the rest of the people mm-hmm. and you know all those story beats were, were very uh, Star Trek. The Star Wars for me, I think. Right. Yeah, which also in my notes kind of alluded to that as well, because, yeah, there was there's a, a definite analog you could kind of tie to this, and maybe even going into uh, or going back to or into um, A New Hope or going into Revenge, Return of the Jedi with what happens near the end with, with a very big difference, obviously, but... Um, you know, because it doesn't end out nowhere near the same as what happens in those movies. Gotcha. Um, but well, there are some, but there, there are some definite ties, and I'm fairly certain. I don't know if you would admit to this or not, but Tanhisiko probably took more beat, took more, uh, more inspiration from Star Wars than he would like to let on. Sure. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. I mean, it's just, it, it's his Wakandan space opera. 
So, Basically. yeah. All right, let me spin up the uh, rapid fire gun so that we can uh, it's a rapid fire. All right. Um, yeah, I've just got we we both just got one one book to talk about in rapid fire this week. Uh, mine is Captain America number twelve. So this is um, the next chapter in the uh, the fall sort of of captain america and in an interesting turn of events there is the return of a cool uniform and a great twist ending involving the dryad who is a new character um that was introduced in this arc um i kind of have a note on adam kubert sometimes wildly inconsistent art there's no inker on this book and matt miller is listed as the color artist uh, one benefit or sometimes curse a solid inker is that is that a solid inker will uh, finish uh, penciler's loose lines um, and straighten or even out some, uh, some form, some, some you know, bodies or, or buildings. Some of the panels were apparently loosely penciled at various points in the book, and it was disappointing to see that the color artist didn't do all that much to make necessary changes. But otherwise, I like the... Uh, um, I, I like the general tone of the book, and I like the return of the cool uniform. And uh, the cool uniform is more modern than what you think uh, Cap's alternate uniform, other alternate uniform. I see. Well, for myself, uh, as I do this, hi yeah, ha ha. I can't even do that. Um. Scrolling around some stuff. So yeah, my book is um Oh sheesh, what is my last book? Alright, Death's Head number one, which uh came out this week. And I got Death's Head wrong. Thank you very much. Oh you gotta gotta make sure that posture is right, y'all. So this is the new book from um I don't know, I can't remember if this was a is an I doubt if it's an ongoing, I think it's a, a mini series. Um uh, based around Death's Head, which, if you're a certain vintage, uh, possibly grew up in the 90s, you know this character is. Most specifically, I guess, the, if you're in the UK, which I think um, we took off more in, even though Death Head has, um, has uh, been in and out of the universe during the 80s and 90s. Uh, so in this case, uh, we haven't seen, we hadn't seen him in a while. He's, uh, was out of commission apparently. Uh, but what we come to find out is that, uh, the reason why he was out of commission is because he had a run in with, and I still hate this version of Yondu, but he, he was working for Yondu. Uh, but apparently, let me know if you've heard this before. Uh, he was doing bounties for, for Yondu, but he was, um, not as getting them as fast as other people uh, that Yandu was employed, and Yandu thought he was being taken advantage of because their their arrangement was, "Hey, uh, you get me new parts, I get you bounties," or basically anything. And Yandu basically took it as like, "Well, I'm being fleeced because even though I get you new parts and whatnot, you know, you're still not bringing in bounties as fast as these other people," and. I'm putting and I, so he put out Bonnie out on Death's Head, which led to a little little scuffle and um, Death Head being ejected to 
what looks to be, um, I don't want to say current day. Yeah, I guess it was current day New York because that was because that little uh, thing kind of took place at a different time in a recent past, I guess. Uh, where he ends up being employed, well, not employed, but he gets used up by um, a rock group as an amp. And he reboots and starts to scuffle and ends up meeting up with Wiccan and Hulkling, of all people, who, you know, fight him for a little bit and then they deal with him and end up at their, who ends up putting them at their house. And then half the uh, issue ends up being a little bit more about um, um, Wiccan and Hulkling than Death said himself until we get to the last few pages when Death's head wakes up and tries to go after them and come to find out for some strange reason why Wiccan was looking at a whole bunch of universes to see whatever, whatever he was trying to look for, which has been a problem of his in the past in Young Avengers. Um, Death's head wakes up, attacks uh, Hulkling, and there is, for some strange reason, a upgraded or newer version of Death's head underneath their bed. For some ungodly reason, and apparently Wiccan can explain, and that's where the story ends. I enjoyed um, reading this. It was kind of, it was pretty fun, and I will definitely be checking this out. Like I said, I'm not, like, I know he's shown up a, a few times in the in the past, and I remember when he kind of came about and kind of showed up in other people's books. And he has been, even recently, like, I think he showed up in um, Iron Man relatively recently. Okay. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, but I didn't read it. So, but yeah, but this is was a fun read. Like this is Teeny Howard on writing, and I forgot who's doing the art. <clears throat> but that is uh, my book. While I get the information, we can do clicks of the week. All right, clicks of the week. And we already got um. Oh, you join. Oh, well, uh, we already got uh, Tim's and Dirt's picks of the week. And to no surprise to no one's, Tim's is Powers of X number one. Yeah, Powers of 10. Yes, exactly. Um, and for Dirt, which I'm not going to go through this Hickman-like wall of text that he put in here, but... Um, Red Hood and the Outlaws Annual Number Three, which basically, um, so yeah, what have, what's been going on with um, to recap really briefly, what's been going on in that book is that, um, well, at least this last volume, Redhead Red Hood's been on his own, but previously in the start of this volume, he was with Bizarro and Artemis. They end up splitting apart, and Bizarro and Artemis uh, end up in another dimension or something or other, rather, um, and Red Hood's been on his own. Uh, Bizarro somehow it's somewhere in that got smart, so, um, and you know, so Artemis and Bizarro has been dealing with their own thing while Red Hood's kind of been doing his own thing in his own book, and I guess this is them, uh, kind of bridging those two together or basically catching up with what's been going on with um, Bizarro and Artemis, and yeah. Okay. That that's the base of this. So yeah, apparently he's been enjoying this book because I know because I know we talked about it the other night when we were kind of doing our tests and that, that he's been he's been on top of this book. So cool. Uh, for ourselves, 
I'm tempted to pick powers of 10 number one as well. I refuse to call it powers of 10. I refuse. It's what it is. I refuse. Um, I say. <laughs> that's, it's all on you. Uh, Hickman has instructed us that the, t- the title is actually... I refuse! Uh, Roddy Cat is being obstinate. I, on the other hand, am uh, right now trying to decide between Powers of 10 and Fantastic Four number 12 because of how much fun mm-hmm. I had reading that with the, 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 the just the great, uh, the great fight sequence that uh, Sean Isaacsy uh, is oxy, uh, you know, drew into that because it's been a while since we've seen the Hulk and the thing throw down like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a particular, there is a particular page and I don't know if uh, he works strictly in digital or not, but he's going to get some money for that original art. And you may know what I'm talking about with uh, a particularly dirty punch that the Hulk throws. Yes. And that is some beautifully rendered stuff. The, the perspective, it's just wonderful. Some so, say he brought the house down or mountain, but yes. Yeah, so, but, uh, but, but that and just the shot to the back, you know, if you look at that particular, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think overall, based on the intrigue I've set up, I'm going to go with Powers of 10, number one. I'm going to vote for that this week. Hmm. All right, powers of X it is. Fuse, dang it. <laughs> um, I think for myself, <laughs> um, I think for myself that Fantastic Four is, is a really good pick, but I, I feel compelled to go off, uh, off the range and say Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number nine. Nice. Because nice man. If I had a, if I had the banana ramasol queued up, yeah. Because because I I my first pick was definitely that Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and I'm not going to cheat this time and uh, as I have in the past and do both picks. I'm not going to do it. Um, I might just do it. We'll see if the, the it happens. Year. Listen, oh. I've done it before. It's oh, been a while since I've done it, but I've done it. True, but yeah, but Fantasy Four Tomb Twelve definitely check that out. But I'm yeah, I'm gonna go with Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man number nine. So before right. we get into the news, there's an ad read. Our first ad ad read of the night is for Funko Fun at First Sight, your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including T-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network's website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. Now we get into the news. Yeah, I'm actually glad you did that one because that's going to be that's something that's going to come up about that very subject quite soon. 
But yes, we start off as we do uh, each week in the news section. What's the cinematic news? First off, American God star, I really need to learn how to pronounce this, Yetiri Bataki uh, wants to play Marvel Storm. I really hate mispronouncing people's names. I'm pretty sure the drinking game is going to come, come up on that one again. But nevertheless, um, she's dope. She's, if you know who that is, she plays um, whoever in American Gods. Yeah, I feel bad, but who? So <laughs> we got the who sound just for these casting uh, uh, pieces of news. And you can see here from her, uh, here's her tweet, uh, which says, I don't think it comes as a surprise to anyone, but as a dark-skinned woman of African origin, I'd love to play Storm. And personally, I totally agree with that. She'd be dope as, I think, from what little I've seen her friends. And there's Word. a picture of her uh, that's, I guess, I'm assuming that's her American Gods character, but uh, but nevertheless, it's it's a nice image. Listen, thanks to Simu Liu, everybody wants to shoot their shot online. So I mean, people have been, been doing it before he did it, but yes. Right, but now that he's been successful, <laughs> it's going to be out there. Yeah, shoot that. Shoot that. Uh, next up. Emotional Avengers Endgame deleted scene shows what happened to Gamora. So I actually tweeted about this. Um, I didn't look at the scene, though, because I'm waiting to buy my hard copy. I'm not going to uh, buy it on digital and then buy it on hard copy. That's going to come with digital. Right. Um, so, But the home release is here for digital, and you can uh, view the scene that uh, shows us that uh, Gamora is not, in fact... Snapped away at the end of the movie, and that is what is going to help lead into the next Guardians movie. Right now, apparently she just bounces. But and personally, given some real world things that that the um, this scene that scene potentially alludes to, it's probably best they left it out. Personally, okay, that's all I'll say about that. All right, um, because yeah, that's a that's a sticky wicket right there. Um, okay, stop, stop. Uh, Avengers Endgame conti- uh, contains clever connection to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, speaking of. Uh, so, so apparently, uh, hey, remember the scene when all those portals opened up? And spoiler alert for, I guess, Endgame at this point, regardless, uh, but sure. Uh, when all the portal- portals up- opened up to different places and people started pouring out, well, one of those portals were... Uh, Contraxia, which I think is where all of the the um the Ravagers, right. Were. So and yeah, somebody seemed to to catch that little note and yeah, uh, as well as the all the other places that uh, were opened up that were more obvious than that one, I guess. Right, and you know, th- there's just so many characters on the screen, and they don't zoom in on any obvious Ravagers that you would clue in, clue in, you know, kind of. Uh, Clue yourself into um, in that scene, so I, you know, I needed a little bit of help to figure out that they were there as well. Exactly, right? Because there's you know, a lot, a lot going unless you have time to sit there and pour over every frame. Which yep, yep. Which do. we're all going to do when we have it on home video. Well, I, um, sure. <laughs> we'll hit pause every once in a while. Every once in a while, yeah, exactly. Like, wait, what do you say? What do you do? What's that right there? All right, sure. exactly. So, um, our next story is, again, about Avengers Endgame. The directors explain why Iron Man got a funeral and Black Widow didn't. Okay. And I'm, I'm actually kind of curious as to hope... <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Bless you. 
as to why this hasn't been brought up before now, even though I'll be honest, I haven't really thought about it until this, until, until this came up, which that, that probably explains that right there. Right. Well, without going into it too far in depth, it was a very pragmatic reason. Well, so they say, but... Right. Well, and they're also, they're also alluding to the fact that Widow has another movie coming out, so they may end up dealing with it then. Yeah, and I and thought about that. That could be the case, but I kind of doubt it. But I, that would be logical. Let's put it that way. And I feel, I, I feel like that should be the way they go with it. But who knows if they actually will. Next up, um, Joe Russo of um, Avengers uh, directing fame agrees with Keanu Reeves playing this hero. <laughs> and that hero is, which I think we may have alluded, we've, we've uh, mentioned in the past when all that hubbub about trying to get Keanu into the thing comes in. Mark Spector, a.k.a. Moon Knight. And I think Slot, uh, yesterday, uh, or this afternoon, I can't remember what, the, I saw the tweet uh, between yesterday and, and today, basically was like, see? <laughs> I'm not the only one. Yep. Uh, so, because I think Slot had basically said that same, that same thing, that he would be great at uh, Moon Knight, and then this article just happens to come about maybe related. We don't know. Sometimes we don't know where these uh, folks get their inspiration outside right. of us. <laughs> right. We see you watch the CBR. I'm just kidding. Um, mm-hmm. Next up. Uh, next up, Sebastian Stan came out and says it actually doesn't make sense for Bucky in the MCU to be the next Captain America. And we've discussed this at length before mm-hmm. that based on what has happened to the characters so far, the Winter Soldier's arc never traveled the way it had in the comics. Right. So there was no po- there was no way to justify uh, Bucky getting the shield at that point, given who had been snapped away five years hence, you know? And you know what? And as much as I hate to say this part, because I know I'm sure someone would take this and run with it, I don't think that Sam really did either, because he also got snapped. But he was also on the side of good for a lot longer. Well, this is also true. That's the justification. Well, yeah, because he was rolling with Cap through through uh, Civil War, and yeah, yeah, and and I get that. Civil War, Winter Soldier, right? No, he well, well, yeah, between Winter Soldier, right? Between Winter Soldier and no, he was with Cap. He was with Cap and and in uh, Civil War. No, that's what I'm saying. Between Winter Soldier and Civil War, right? uh, uh, Bucky was um, wasn't. Wasn't completely with them throughout all right. of them. That's my point. Right. Um, but so but, either, but, but either way, like I said, you know, yeah, it definitely right. stands the reason why Bucky, you know, it, right. it didn't really sit right. So. Right, because Bucky had been in, you know, in uh, rehab <laughs> for, for lack of a better term. Yeah, That's he, really what he was in. He was in rehab, yeah, he like was literal, this. literal, literal brain and character rehab. So yeah. that's why it didn't feel as earned as it did in the comics. Yeah, he was getting his curl press, as some folks po- 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 said. So, anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> he was, no, what was he? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, what, 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 how did they describe him in White the Tiger? Honest Trailers? No, 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 no. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch Honest Trailers. No, no. Uh, they described him as like an organic um, you know, farmer or something because you see him throwing bales of hay. Um, in Wakanda, you know, as they're approaching him with the uh, with the new arm in Infinity sure. War, so you know that's what he's doing. So not exactly uh, the, the next candidate for Captain America there. Mm. Wow, I hadn't watched the Honest Trailer in a minute. Anyway, um, 
Jamie Alexander volunteers to be Valkyrie's queen for Thor, Love and Thunder. And I, part of me is like, well, of course she could, because she's trying to get back into these movies. Well, I think she lucked out because she had an honest to goodness <clears throat> scheduling conflict with the Infinity War movies. Well, yeah, because you know, she was going to Sure, I get that, but so you know, and she's not in, and 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 she's not in uh, Ragnarok for the same reason. So, but what's funny about this is that you know I I understand why people are happy about this. You know, they they like the idea of it. But it saddens me because Sif was supposed to be Beta Ray Bill's uh, love interest when he comes in. Oh, and no, no, Beta Ray Bill was behind. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Nothing to worry about it. What's that? I said, don't worry about it. The snide remarks? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, because ultimately we all wanted Beta Ray Bill to come, come in, and it, it seems like he kind of should have come in at this point, but now. Okay. He may not come in. He may not come in in Love and Thunder. He may end up coming in during the Guardians movie. Possibly, yeah. If they go, you know, because of the way, yeah, because of the way this, the way the story seems to, the way the story seems to be developing um, in this early stage, Vader uh, Bill may not have room. Right, and that's not to say they still couldn't do that with the, that that part of that storyline. But you know, at somewhere down the line, because I mean, it's not like they're stopping phases. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that all that works out, or even this, even if this will come to pass, because they right. probably be like, eh. I don't yeah, even so think, think Blind Spot is even on anymore. Was it canceled? I don't know. Um, well, we're not on, big on the we're not big on the TV solicits. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I was watching it the first couple of like first season, so it was pretty good. I didn't know that. Like, I think last time I saw, I was like, wow, that show was still on the air. Um, as of a couple of years ago. Uh, but I'm thinking it may or may not be, and I'm not going to look right now. So next up. Right. Uh, speaking of Thor, Thor 4, Portman shared, Natalie Portman shared a before photo as she prepares to get jacked. So she's about to go into training. Or more uh, specifically, she used the picture of, from Comic-Con of her holding, well, the other picture that was floating around the uh, Comic-Con of her holding mm-hmm. him, as opposed to the one where um, Taika Waititi was presenting her to her. I got you. But still, and as you can see here from her Instagram, she says, so, so thrilled to share the news with you today at um, SDCC, because obviously this is from a couple, couple weeks ago, that I'll be returning to the Marvel MCU as female Thor, which she says, and, and uh, you know, I don't know if Taika talked to her, but she's the mighty Thor, whatever, with Legends Taika, Taika YDT, Tessa Mae Thompson, and, and Chris Hemsworth. Remember, this is as the before picture for when I get jacked. <laughs> so... So yeah, she basically she's that picture saying yeah, she's about to get ripped up, folks. Get ready, get prepared. Anyway, next up, oh, there was another. I didn't put it in the lineup. There was no news as to whether Cat, um, um, I forgot her last name just that quick. Um, um, meow meow. Oh, check. Um, is going to be back. Oh, nice. The well, no, there is, there is, there is no, there is no. Uh, indication because I think she was asked recently, and like you don't know. Ah, I was about to say, I, as far as I knew, she wasn't coming back, so right. So at okay. this point, yes, yeah, she doesn't actually know or not. So, anyway, next, <clears throat> you oh, got it's me. Uh, Ben Kingsley, repo- now we kind of think we may have talked about whether this is a possibility no, or not. Yeah, we, we, we alluded to it. 
Um, ben Kingsley reportedly returning as Trevor Slater Slattery in Shang Chi. That's again, awesome. Again, this is reportedly, so this is this is this is still rumor. So we don't know if this is an actual thing that is happening. It makes sense. Uh, given what we know about that movie. And as a matter of fact, um, I don't know. I'm fairly certain we do not have this info, but uh, the, the info that we did not mention last week is that um, Hong Kong, well, action star Tony Leung is going to be playing the actual Mandarin. So he is going to be the foil to uh, Simu Liu's, Liu's, Liu's excuse me, um, Shang-Chi. So, that being the case, if Ben Kingsley comes back um, as as uh, Trevor, as pseudo Mandarin, right? I assume, and I think this is what I assumed the, when we mentioned this last time. There may be some recompense for failure or something. We shall see, but it's going to be nice happens. to see, right? It's going to be nice to see that particular storyline wrapped up, or at least dealt with outside of the. Um, what was that? Those little one shots right. that they did, the one shot that they did. So seeing it on the big screen like that is going to be uh, pretty cool. Right. Uh, speaking of Shang Chi, apparently some uh, fans in China are not happy about the film. So uh, they're obviously not confident that um, Marvel is going to very broadly gloss over the fact that uh, the character had its origins in some pretty racist. Uh, yes. Um, tropes and um roots so uh you know lots of these complaints are based on um the origin of the character the or the um the yellow fear aspects of the character and um or at least of the character's origin with regards to fu manchu um shang chi's original father and uh, in the comics and um uh i don't i don't know if this article mentions it, but also part of it is um, uh, the, the uh, Simu Liu's um, Canadian yes, heritage as well. It does so, mention it, yes. That's pretty lame. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it is. I mean, again, some, some of those some, some of those were justified. Or I say all of oh. them, with the exception of probably that last part. Was, is right, exactly. I mean, at the so, end of the day, you know, we have to have, we have to have to hope that uh, Marvel, you know, uh, reinvents this particular character's uh, origins so that they're a little bit uh, more. They're 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 a little bit uh, less. Offensive. They're they're a lot less yes. offensive. And probably will come back uh, in the comics uh, some sort of way. And sure. hopefully, something will overwrite that stupid one twenty six issue that both of us really <laughs> did not <laughs> like. Ice cream. Um, all right. Uh, All right. Next up. Who got next? Angelina Jolie training to give the MCU the Athena they deserve, quote unquote, for Eternals. So yeah, apparently, uh, she also, and I don't know if this is this is probably not in this article, and I didn't put it in there, but she also praised the uh, director. Um, in addition to uh to to speaking about this, so, so apparently she's uh, she told uh, USA Today that her training has included. Uh, quote unquote, everything from sword fighting to ballet. Uh, she's a warrior, Jolie explained. I'm going to have to work very hard to get the Marvel Cinematic Universe to Athena they deserve. So, sure. 
No, I mean she she played she played Lara Croft. I'm pretty sure she'll be all, she'll 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 work that out. I mean, yes, she's a little older. Granted, she's a little bit older than what she was when she did did, did Tomb Raider movies. But nevertheless, you know, mm-hmm. work it out, girl. Um, next up, uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie targets Spider-Man: Homecoming writers to direct. So, uh, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly are in talks to direct Paramount Pictures and Hasbro's upcoming Dungeons and Dragons movie. Okay. Yeah, and every time I see John Daly, I keep thinking of the the golfer. It's not the same one. So yeah, that's the thing, um, and probably more than likely doesn't have anything to do with the cartoon, sadly. And probably, definitely has nothing to do with um, that that terrible Uwe Boll movie. Which now that I think about, it, I'm not sure if that was Dungeons and Dragons or not. Uh, actually, I think maybe it was. Anyway, well, we know the cartoon ending was already done, but in Brazil. So well, yeah, uh, for a car commercial. As part of a car commercial, so <laughs> I'm glad that's done. Uh, well, yeah, we don't know if that's canon though. It was pretty close. Well, it's better than we we're ever gonna get. So that's sure. For sure. Uh, Avengers in-game writers who have been talking a whole hell of a lot in the last couple of weeks, trying to keep that press up, um, know how to fix... That or they're unburdening themselves because now they can talk about it. Uh, tomato, tomato, <laughs> but nah, I, I think they're... I feel like a lot of stuff, because they've been saying a whole lot. Anyway, um, in-game writers know so how to fix... The, the biggest movie of all time already? Well, they don't really have to do that. It's It's been doing I, and is still doing like the, if like, anything this like is if good. anything is hyping them up say like, hey we wrote this give us more work yeah exactly like i said um, they're unburdening unburdening themselves out there like all right we can talk about what we want to do next uh, so. yeah, i don't know it's a little too much anyway so in-game writers know how to fix superman on the big screen i posit that they probably don't i need to i need to come up with a new uh, a new sound effect for uh roddy cat hating on these folks. <laughs> hey, whatever, man. You know, sometimes the stuff just reeks of desperation. That's all I'm saying. Because oh. right. all this stuff is saying, hey, guess what? This is that, like, yeah, this is, we didn't put this in, we didn't put that in, which is normal for uh, after a movie comes out, regardless, but like, these jokers have been saying a lot. Like, every other time, or granted, or they've, or let me free that, a lot has been pulled out of their, you know, which, you can blame the sites on that, because, you know, Whatever. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, the Scarlet Witch uh, apparently can could defeat Thanos one on one, according to Kevin Feige. And listen, they, uh, I, 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 I think they're uh, drinking the Kool Aid a little. But um, I like, I, I like that he uh, stoking the uh, flames of fandom. So, well, so I one partially agree with you, but let's. I mean, come on. Historically, well, it's just like comic book wise, she is definitely one of the most powerful. Hell, she got rid of all the mutants and all that. And granted, it depends on who's writing her and a whole couple other instances. But the thing I saw somebody joke about this on Twitter when this article came out was like, well, basically, it was like, well, why the fuck Tony Stark had to die? (laughs) Exactly. The case. So, you know, which could be explained away. But I mean, like I said, we can't not say that that, uh, Wanda is not. Powerful, or mm-hmm. ever has been, you know, in the comics. So there could be some truth to it, but like you said, she's just kind of playing up to the fans a little bit more. I think. Next up is uh, Agents of Shield to bring back Major Inhuman character, which I don't know how major this character is personally. 
I would say not, but that's just me. Um, so yeah, season six, whatever. So basically, this is for a recent episode of Agents uh, Shield, which I haven't seen, and apparently, the Inhuman Flint, not the Jedi character, is going to be come, possibly coming coming back into the fold, which I didn't know was already there. But then again, I'm also a couple of seasons out, out, away from this show. So, yay? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Next. Next up, Krypton, that Siffy show, finally delivers the Superman retcon you expected. Oh, yes. The one where um, Superman's dad comes into being and is named so. Ah, so they renamed a character. Um, well, they renamed a house, as what it looks like. Because apparently, according to this article, um, yeah, so they, they insisted they changed Corvex's name, so there was that, and then they, who I guess is the kid of, of um, whatever, is the kid of the, the main character, I guess. I, don't, I haven't watched the show either. So, yeah, they're, they're changing the name to Jor-El, apparently. And we all know who that is. Mm-hmm. Or most of us know who that is. And some people don't, so I shouldn't see that. Um, I don't know. Have you seen any of the show? No, but I know that I can watch it at my leisure, and I still don't watch it. Oh, no. It's, right, because it's on Shots DC. Fired. It's on DC Universe right now. <laughs> I saw the first couple of episodes, and I'm like, all right, there's some Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones things going on his, on here, but also there's... Seems yeah, do we have anything in here on uh, Pennyworth? Uh, I don't believe I do, no. Or did, you didn't have to watch it, did you? No. Uh-uh. Okay. Wait, I didn't know, because I don't... Well, one, I don't have Epics. Uh, right. And two, it was about a free know. preview, so I got to watch the, uh, the first episode. So, oh, okay. Uh, no, I didn't know that. So Yeah, and, and, and my, my, my initial concerns were confirmed. It's something I don't really care about. So, you know, I'm sure there's some people out there who really want to see how Alfred became Alfred. It's really not my... I, I would if it was the version that was on Gotham. But again, they and maybe there may be may or may not be taking some beats from that. I don't know. I doubt. I think there are. Okay. I think there are, but at the end of the day, still not mm. really all that interesting. Well, well sure. Uh, next, but it's not, you know, but it's not for everybody. Right. Exactly. Um, Krypton leans into Superman mythology with two big reveals, uh, which those were the Black Mercury and Fort Ross. So if you okay. are in knee-deep into Superman canon, you know of those. Although Black Mercy, I'm fairly certain, showed up on uh, Supergirl uh, early on. Or not early and, on. But... I was going to say, and, and, and I hate to use this on something in the comics, but much like the casting news, who? So. What, you mean for Fort Ross or? Yeah, Fort Ross, the Black Mercy, who? So. <laughs> So yeah, according to here, well, it basically goes into the origin of that stuff, and we're not gonna, we don't have to go into that. But if you know uh, enough of the Superman mythos, I'm sure those will either stoke you or like even something. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Next, uh, right. what is this? So Batwoman, Gotham City gets excited for a series premiere for the series premiere with some new ink. So DC unveiled a new trailer for mm-hmm. the upcoming Batwoman series which is uh, going to premiere in October. 
And the trailer itself follows a Gotham City tattoo artist who's taking, uh, who's talking to a few customers to uh, determine a design. And after some suggestions, he's given a custom design, and uh, it's um, apparently the Batwoman logo. Right. Which is basically the bat symbol, just so. No one will draw any conclusions from that, and clearly that her um, secret identity will be safe, or whoever <laughs> it is. Um, maybe she has glasses. But regardless, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, speaking of, the new Batwoman poster highlights the series' first major villain. So a new poster for Batwoman gives us a look at Alice, the first major villain that uh, Kate will face in season one. Uh, Alice, who is being played by... Rachel Scarston can be seen wearing a white jacket with a sly smile on her face. Uh, Spray-painted uh, bat logo sits just below Alice, and the premiere date can be seen at the bottom. And if you're watching the video, you can see said poster. Okay. Right. Next up, uh, Lois Lane is returning to Arrowverse in the Crisis crossover, and apparently she's a mom. So uh, Entertainment Weekly reported that actor... Elizabeth Tulloch will reprise her role as Lois Lane in the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Earths uh, crossover Arrowverse event. And uh, the magazine also reported the crossover will feature the debut of Lois and Clark's child. So, John? I Maybe. guess. I guess. I guess. Maybe. Maybe possibly. And uh, Tyler Hoechlin will reprise his role. Yeah. As Superman opposite Tulloch and will be joined by the next story. Oh, uh, yes. Um, I was going to ask you about her look, but whatever. Um, Kingdom Come artist Alex Ross imagines Brandon Routh as his Superman, which we've already got the story of um, Brandon Routh is going to play uh, another version of Superman, that being the Kingdom Come version of Superman, because he's already played his version in his movie, which I've still not seen. Um, and, uh, you can see the rendition off of Alex Ross's Instagram page on the video, which doesn't really look that much like, uh, um, Brandon Routh, personally, but definitely does look like the Kingdom Come version of Superman. Sure. Alrighty. Next up, uh, the Young Justice Outsiders cartoon has confirmed a major character is Peter. So I actually watched this without knowing this happened, and I was like, "Whoa!" Mm. So I'm not caught up, and I don't know, but as being reading Tim's article, reading Tim's article here, I felt like I kind of knew. Well, one because of the permalink, which I hate when they do that because it spoils yeah, it, and two spoiled, yeah. because of the fact, and Tim mentions it in this article that the, the character, which we'll go ahead and say, is Calder Calderam, aka Aqualad, aka at this point Aquaman. Aquaman. Um, is gay. So, which is, one, not that big of a surprise because in, as recent as a couple of years ago in Teen Titans, they introduced um, a version of Aqualad, aka Aqualad Calderon's version, and he was also gay. And Tim's assertion is that they probably took notes from that, which is is kind of where I was going with it also. So, so, there you go. That's that. So cool beans. Um, there was something else I was gonna say about it. I can't remember what it is, so it doesn't matter. But I will 
Well, oh yeah, the, and Tim mentions in here that yeah, he had this thing for former love interest uh, uh, Tula, who spoiler alert passed on early on in uh, in the show, which we never right. saw. So, which I think not a thing. So, okay, so here's an interesting tidbit. And if you go on my YouTube channel, you can probably see this if you don't want to, or someplace else if you want to. There was a game called Young Justice Legacy, video game. It was not a great game. I will tell you that that happened between seasons one and two that I believe was written by the showrunners. Um, and I think it touches on some of that stuff because I think her death happened in between those two seasons. It doesn't necessarily go into into it, but I think it, it definitely does um, allude to it. I played it through to completion. It was not a fun time, but it's out there. And you will probably never be able to find that, that out there anymore because I think they took it off the markets. It's not a good game, if I didn't say that before. Moving right along. What's next? Uh, yeah, you got this one. Uh, what's new to watch and read on DC Universe this August? And if you're watching the video, and I know a uh, shout out to Martian Cat, who I know will be pretty much stuck to this because I'm pretty sure she's seen this movie about 50 million times. Constantine, the Keanu Reeves version from 2005, six, yeah, 2005 uh, version, is now on uh, DC Universe as of today, which is being the first of uh, August. Whoa. Exactly. So, and other things that are coming uh, later in the month. Well, Batman Hush. No, well, excuse me. Uh, DC Spotlight Shazam. I don't know what that one is. Batman Hush is coming on the 13th. Uh, the 67 Aquaman series is being remastered and put on there on the 16th. And Batman Beyond is being remastered in HD also and is going to be on there on the 23rd. Because, yeah, the version of Batman Beyond that's on there now is in uh, SD, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, if you want to wait and see that version uh, up res, then go for it. But that Aquaman se- se- uh, series, yeah, you check that out. That's a treat, something. Um, but, and also, there's going to be some other books that including the final chapters of Injustice 2 and Batman Sons of the Father and some other stuff. So, if you have DC Universe, check it out. Next up, I'm glad you got this one. <laughs> Because it's so silly. So Bruce Campbell, the actor behind the role of Ash in the long-running Evil Dead series, recently spoke with Gizmodo about uh, movie making and had a few things to say about the superhero genre and thought calling the kettle black. Um, also played he, Jay Jonah, didn't he not? I'm sorry? Did he not also play Jay Jonah in the Amazing Spider-Man movies? No, but he had guest roles in the Spider-Man the Sam Raimi movies. Right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. He had just spots, but not, not, not Jay Jonah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of, right? So, uh, he's not a fan of um, characters who can't be killed because of their special powers in comparison to his iconic character, Ash, who can be killed at any time. He thinks it's stupid, stupid, stupid that Batman is even able to fight Superman. And so, I like how he, I like how he cites movie, and I don't think this ever played out in the comics, but I like how he he cites, he cites movie Superman. Exactly. Yeah. As, one of his, as one of his things. I'm like, dude, that's I'm fairly certain that's not how that happened. And Superman can be killed, just, you know, in a couple of specific ways. Right. <laughs> One of which is long-used Kryptonite, obviously, and magic, I think, hurts him a lot, so he can probably probably can get killed that way. I don't know. Um, regardless, yeah, he yeah, he has his he has his opinion. Mm-hmm. Um Chris, what are you gonna do? 
Watchmen, HBO, finds the perfect actor to play President Robert Redford in Robert Redford. Um, so yeah, Robert Redford's going to be Nice! Play, I yeah. was about to say, hold on. <laughs> right. So he's going to play an all history version of himself as the president of that world. Um which I thought I looked at it as the background. I'm like, wait, are those hella characters in the back characters in the background, or is that because obviously Robert Redford was, has been in Marvel movies recently, but and apparently he was retired when he did that. So apparently he has been retired for a couple of years and came out of retirement to do um, the Cap movies, right? And then he's now back out for this uh, this role. So, yay. <laughs> Next up. All right. Uh, let's and yes, see. I did not know that was a thing because I haven't read Watchmen. Sorry, Matt. Next. Which is still shocking. Why? You know, Why it's it just shocking? one of those comics that like everyone reads at some point. Uh, yeah. It may not have been at when it, when it came out. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is, you know, you pick up a trade, you can even borrow it from the library at this point. So. And I'm surprised. You'd be surprised about some of the stuff I haven't read. And, and I've, I have read a lot, but there are some quote-unquote classicals that have not touched well, at this point. you know, we joke about how I, I'm not a fan of uh, Crisis. Right. Um, oh, yeah, I've skimmed it. gotten through it. <laughs> yeah, I've skimmed it, you know. I would say that's a big it. one, though. Um, I also don't like the idea of what happened. Um, well, yeah. It reset, it reset my, my beloved New Teen Titans book, so... Um, yeah, because we haven't had that happen recently. I mean, any time in the last 15, 20, 50 years. Right. Um, anyway. Which, by the way, I think, Watchmen. yeah, which I think um, that the one I alluded to earlier wasn't necessarily a reset, but they haven't, they have, that's what I was going to say. They have not brought that version of Calderon back since that uh, volume of Teen Titans. So they basically just forgot him or something. Okay. Anyway, next. Uh, another Watchmen story. Here's who plays Silk Spectre on the HBO series. It is uh, Gene Smart. Yes, a.k.a. Charlene from Designing Women. And <laughs> and if you're of a certain vintage, and also from 24 and a bunch of others, she's been in a lot of shit. So, you know, so, so, I'm not trying to give her a short shrift. Right. She's been that one I can't say who to, because I actually recognize that name. Right. So, I just, I was so... So here's something to say to you on a, on a quite side note. I was watching um, an episode of trying to catch up on Flash last night or this morning, early this morning. Um, and apparently Donna Pescal was on there. So you would have to be of a certain, certain vendor to, to get that name. Uh, but she's also been doing a, a good, still a good, good, but some of us of a certain vendor know her from her show from back in the early 70s with uh, named Angie and on a bunch of other stuff. But apparently, she was still getting work as recently as, 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 as so good on it. Ooh. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, also played in uh, some would argue a very big role in Saturday Night Fever. If, again, you have to be up a certain vintage. Next up, <laughs> that's you, dude, with this Regal Unlimited. Story. Oh yes. So I, the reason why I put this one here because we kind of talked about it as being a rumor, and now the rumor is actually. Here, um, Regal Unlimited, which is Regal Movies Theater's basically movie pass thing, has uh, just been unveiled. So, for those of us, so for those of you who frequent Regal Movies uh, near you, like say myself, 
this could be something for you. The only thing I'm not crazy about is the pricing structure. So it goes like this. Regular limit is $18, $18 a month, which some would argue would be a little pricey, but um, maybe not because I can't remember how much movie price was. It's probably similarly priced, I think. Uh, but it says here, watch unlimited movies for at more than 200 selected Regal movie theaters nationwide. So as it goes up in price, there's there's more movie theaters that you that you can go to. Now I'm like, you know what? It makes no sense. Oh, it makes sense, but it makes no sense. Like, how many movies do, does anybody plan on going to at a given given time across the country? Like, you would think they could have could have done that a different way. But what you get out of it, you get ten percent out of uh, off of uh, food and, and um, food and drinks that are non-alcoholics, no blackout dates, so you can go as many times as you want, free large popcorn and soft drink on your birthday, which, as one person who doesn't go to the movie theaters on that birthday, that's not really doing me that good, good, but who knows, you probably start. And, of course, the regular uh, Regal Crown uh, stuff, where you can get credits on every dollar purchase that you do, um, and it says here, be the first to see you with um, screenings. So I'm assuming they may be doing some screenings through this thing also. Like I said, eighteen dollars is the base, and then twenty-one and twenty-three fifty, where you, I guess gets you every movie theater that they have in the country. Which again, I say what? And um, and it also says here that sur- surcharges apply for anything outside of two uh, D. So which means four DX, uh, IMAX, three D, etc., and, and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily a flat rate for everything, or at least that's what it sounds like. And yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, a surcharge of $1.50 to $3 per ticket applies to theaters not included in your plan. So yeah, may it still be worth it? Who knows? I, I may or may not check it out for a month. I don't know. Because I did say, I was like, if, if it came out before Hopkins Show, I might actually take advantage of it. All right, but we'll see. But it's out there. Go, go forth if you're interested. <clears throat> next up. All right, next up, John Wick the TV show is still happening, and it's going to be set up as a prequel. Yes. So that that, that is how it's uh, going to fit into the story. It's going to be titled The Continental. So, so that's my... going to be. It's going to be made by stars. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not just on stars. I bet it will be. That sucks. Yeah. I don't get stars. Neither do I. Well, at least I, I don't think I do anyway. Um, my my find other ways to watch it. Yeah, I know, right? And like, do you, somebody with a stars account out there want to want to hook us up? And we'll find some other ways to watch it. But that's going to be one of those. I actually do want to know that backstory, as so, opposed to you know, shout out to Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> um. Right. Uh, yeah, 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 that I feel similarly. Um, also worth noting, which I don't have an article for, um, the home version for chapter, John Wick chapter three is coming out on September 3rd. Yes, very is, And I believe that is the, um, that is not digital, that is, um. Yeah, that's the, the Blu-ray. Uh, the Blu-ray release. So there is that, and I can't wait for that because I still haven't watched that movie. Oh, lots of fun. Yeah. Um and yeah, so oh the, the other thing I wanted to mention was that the the John Wick comic, which I which is 
was set. Um, another prequel. Right, is another prequel. Probably doesn't necessarily have anything to do, but I wonder if they're going to tie in with it. Because they did. Actually, I don't know if it was the continental they went to. No, they wasn't. it wasn't. It was another place, so never mind. It was another continental-like place that was another right. area. But it is canon, so... Right, and and one of the characters, one of the other characters from the movies also showed up there, so... Right. I'm yeah, sure the possibility the continent, does remain. Right, and the continental might be like, well, uh, yeah, I was here, but now I'm over there. <laughs> Next! Uh, how Patrick Stewart was lured back for Star Trek Picard. They gave him a lot of money. Why not? Nah, uh, that's, that's me saying that. Um... So yeah, at a keynote speech uh, at the uh, National Association of Television Program Executives in, in LA, CBS All Access Executive Vice President, good God, these titles, Julie McNamara shed some light on how Star- uh, Stewart was convinced to return to the role, role since his last experience uh, appearance in 2002's Nemesis. Um, and then she says, uh, we approached him at a time where he felt inspired to tell us this story in a certain way. When I say we, it wasn't me. It was Alex Kurtman and, uh, Michael Chabon. McNamara explained they made a compelling case for looking at Picard in that last act of his life. And I guess that's what pulled him back in. So cool. Looking forward to it. Next. Okay, so Star Trek connoisseurs can now sip Chateau Picard wine for real. Uh, in the new Picard series, uh, the trailers show him running his family vineyard Chateau Picard in France's Lavare region. So why not make uh, Picard's wines a reality? Uh, so apparently, um, Wines That Rock uh, is uh, preparing such wines, and the first two releases are a 2016 Chateau Picard Cru Bourgeois from Bordeaux, France, and uh, Special Reserve United Federation of Planets Old Vine Zinfandel. I kind of want that one because it almost looks like the Romulan Ale bottle, but not really. Mm. Um, so, yeah, cool. So, apparently, yeah, the, the bottles will be like 60 bucks, of, 60 bottles of pop for the Bordeaux, and the other one will be $50 a pop for the, for the Special Reserve, it looks like. Sure. Uh, next is speaking of that, uh, Robert Picardo. Which I saw a tweet. Somebody was like, "Yeah, I just learned today that Picard is in Robert Picardo's name." I'm like, yeah, okay. Anyway, Robert Picardo says he could sign up for Star Trek Picard second season. So it sounds like this. He says that they he's been approached. So Robert Picardo playing uh, the uh, emergency hologram holographic doctor from Voyager. Uh, may possibly make an appearance uh, in Picard's second season, which I guess we find out they may be possibly planning on making a series, which I didn't think they were going to do because they made it the way they had it uh, sounding like. Um, it's like, nah, this is just a 10-hour story, and that's it. So if they're planning on a second series, they may, who knows. But yeah, so it sounded like they approached him to, to, to uh, reprise his role. Um, either as the the doctor or the the doctor that was based off of uh, Louis Zimmerman, but we shall see if that comes to pass. Alrighty, and last but not least in uh, uh, cinematic news, the Boys Amazon series um, has figured out how to adapt a certain storyline uh, in. 
the boys original comics well, uh, in a future season right no but i was gonna say in a future season because there is a lot for the tv producers to uh to choose from and this includes the infamous superhero orgy scene that happens during the comics so uh, there are like 70 issues for uh of the boys and there are lots of stories that they can choose from that's my understanding from sure. uh, a, a good friend who is an avid reader of the boys so there's still plenty out there for them to choose from. Well, good on them. As they continue to mine stuff for the live action sort. I can't get hold on it yet. So that is concluding the um the uh cinematic version we get into the comic news. <laughs> and we start off with uh Marvel, who is reviving bizarre adventures with stories by Clonin, Onstad, and more. So, uh, the classic Marvel Comics uh, anthology series Bizarre Adventures returns this October. It is the 80th anniversary after all, so they're bringing back all of the things um, with a whole host of veteran comic book uh, creators behind the issue, uh, featuring stories starring Dracula, Shang-Chi, and more. And apparently this was in the solicits, because I totally missed that. I I read the solicits. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Uh, that's the thing, and we see a cover art for that. I never read Bizarre Adventures, so I don't have the affinity for it. Neither did I. Um, next up, Marvel's poised to resurrect one of its most powerful characters. So, um, this is uh, a storyline in the upcoming Future Foundation series uh, that mm-hmm. is going to relaunch, and uh, their first mission is to uh, find what has happened to the Molecule Man, who was on their trip, um, I believe. Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is now lost. Um, And it looks like another character from, uh, another uh, character formerly from the Ultimate Universe is going to rear his ugly head and helmet and uh, make his way into the pages of the Future Foundation while they're on this quest for the Molecule Man. Right. So, and this is something we forgot to mention when we talked about uh, Fantasy Forge number 12, which I thought odd. And maybe, maybe it has something to do with the review copies we got. Um, because there was supposed to be a backup story featuring the Future Foundation that was not there. Um, by, by the creative team. So I don't know if you have a, a Hold copy. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Check my physical copy now. Oh, I, I got the I got the camera on you. Let us see. Where is my copy of this week's Fantastic Four? Ah, here we go. Backup story. Backup story. Backup story. There is, in fact, a backup story. Okay, so. Looky, yeah. looky. So, yeah, so that might have been something with our review copies then. Yeah. It was not there. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did not get a copy of this backup story. And so, you, didn't, you didn't redeem your, your digital code, I take it. Nay. So, there is a good amount of, of story here. 
Right, because I thought that was kind of weird. Like, I even went back to the to, to our resource and was like, well, maybe it's a, just a, that was an old, that was a preview copy and, and didn't show up. And sure enough, no, that was just straight up not there. Yeah, it's like a good 10-page backup story. Right. So. Um, not small, not small. Right. So, but anyway, the, the Future Foundation proper will launch on August 7th, which is next week. Um, and I assume whatever that backup story is, is going to lead into this new Alrighty. Next. Uh, you got this. Uh, yeah. Um, you know what? You should have this one. <laughs> so, a Bronx Street has been approved by the New York City Council to be named after a comic book legend, Stan Lee, up in the Boogie Down uh, Bronx. That is for uh, you non-New Yorkers. And um, the proposal is to co-name University Avenue between Brant Place and West 176th Street after Lee. Um, it's, uh, the, uh, the proposal was approved and the street is set to be co-named Stan Lee Way. I have to take a look at the story. I, I wonder if that's where he lived while he was in the Bronx for a little because I know that he relocated to Long Island uh, after he started making a decent amount of money. So it does kind of mention that, yeah. University App was, um, he grew up in a home at, uh, on University, at University Place and also went to a nearby high school. Gotcha. DeWitt Clinton. Uh, so yeah, there we go. Um, sadly not, well, I mean, obviously that makes sense for him because I'm sure you would have appreciated it if it was in Brooklyn, right? Right. <laughs> you would have appreciated it in a lot of places. Well, I mean, true, but, you know, I'm saying. Brooklyn. <laughs> the planet. Like, where all things where all things blossom. That could be Krakow, for all we know. Um, okay, I may be exaggerating a little bit. Anyway, uh, we kind of already talked, well, we didn't talk about this particular piece of this, but I'm just going to bring it up here anyway. Uh, House of X reframes uh, damage control as Marvel's most dangerous organization. We, I think we may have mentioned... We, I know we did mention the fact that they were uh, were mentioned in the story and some items that they held, and mm. this story, and this article basically says that yeah, you know, because of the fact that this that they're in actually in other places recently, especially in that Marvel team up, uh, they right. are. I'm glad you mentioned that. You yeah. know, they're 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 a source of uh, mischief and me. Yeah, they're in possession of a lot of stuff, which at times in the past they have been and, you know, either have been alluded to they're cleaning up and grabbing this stuff and or being stolen from, depending on, you know. Sure, because ultimately they'll hold on to the Ark of the Covenant as well. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's the source of, uh, they found the source of stories of that of that time. Right, who knows, they may have a piece of the, the, the Death Star, we don't know. That would be some funny business. I'm like, yeah, ah. Death Star is in a, uh, is in a far, far away. But you know what? There's a tie that could possibly do something like that, but I'm not going to mention it right here just in case I write that story. I'm not going to write that story. Next up. Uh, this kind is of, me. Yeah. We kind of, uh, yeah, we'll just go through some of these quickly. We've dealt with a lot of these over the last week and this week in uh, our reviews. Mm -hmm. uh, the characters of Rasputin and Cardinal were introduced in Powers of X as it flashes forward 100 years. So, right, which we didn't actually talk about yeah. these characters when we talked about it earlier. But nevertheless, yeah, there are right. characters. You can refer to, yeah, you can refer to our review about the whole 100-year flash, too. Right, exactly. So... And yeah, the one thing I didn't mention about that, that Nimrod's, uh, and I'm not calling him a Nimrod, that's his actual name, right. kind of really reminded me of an X-Men, uh, Rockslide, the way he was talking. 
<laughs> and I don't know why. That'd be some funny shit if that actually came out of me. Yeah, I don't know. We totally took Santos. You know. Anyway, um, House of X reveals Charles Xavier's master plan for all move, uh, mutants. I put this in here partially because Tim wrote it. Um, partially because we had already talked about this already. And mm-hmm. I believe... No, this is not the one. Um, never mind. There's another story that has, has nothing to do with um, mutants. But nevertheless, this talks about... Um, you know, some aspects of House of X from last week. I'm sorry. House of... No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, it's House of X. I know. I know. I was going to say House of Ten, since you, you want to call it House of Ten. But, but no, but House of X is actually... I know. I know. I know. You're just, you know, being opposite. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. So you should check out this story. Um, it, it's got some little tidbits in here that's um, to go along with... Uh, the story, if you have not read it, or possibly if you have read it, that, that might be enlightening to you. Um, and poses some questions that we will possibly get, may or may not get uh, answered along the way. Um, next one, yeah, we already talked about this. And, yeah, we can skip that one. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, the then next gets his birthday suit back, you know, which he, he yeah. di- actually didn't in this actual thing, but whatever he's going to. Next. Right, it's the pre- yeah, that's the setup. So, yeah. Uh, the next story is Spider-Man Marvel's new Sinister teammate might be its best yet. So we're talking about that new syndicate that right. um, is formed, uh, that's introduced to us in Amazing Spider-Man number 25. Right, from 26 from last week. Uh, but well, this is basically talking about 26 from last week. Right. Uh, and the only reason why I put this article in there is because there was a question about one character we, that we thought was... Um, Newish? Yes, which apparently that the version of Doc Ock was uh, around in the nineties. Okay. Uh, and we weren't really weren't sure of. Next, uh, Marvel celebrates Spider-Man Day, which we mentioned earlier, uh, with his nine best suits and Scarlet Spider. As uh, a, a person in my background likes wants to be heard, apparently. Um, <laughs> Uh, sorry about that, folks. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so today's August 1st marks Spider-Man Day. Celebrates, um, I switched the numbers, celebrating the 57th anniversary of the character's first uh, uh, appearance in Amazing Fantasy number 15. And uh, Marvel has kicked off the celebration with a short animation that gives a rundown of nine of the West Wing's greatest costumes and the Scarlet Spider suit. So you can go check that out. Hello? Yeah, no, I'm just looking at the story. Like, what does this mean? Um, they, they just broke down a, a lot of his suits. That's all. That's no, 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 no. I'm talking, I'm reading the next story. Oh, well. What is that? Well, why are you at it? Is that a toy? Yeah, so, uh, well, okay. okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and get this one out of the way while we're there. So, yeah, there was a new uh, Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales version. Um, so, there's a set of toys called Nido, Nido Droids, Nidoroids, um, and they make all kinds. They're not, like, Funko Pop, but they're kind of about the same sizes, but they're a little more, a lot more detailed than the Funkos. And here is a um, one for a for Miles Morales. Uh, it's called the Nido Nidoroid Miles Morales Spider Spider Verse Edition DX version. That's a mouthful. And it, as you can see, it has points of articulation. Um, and no word on how much it is though, and it, or whether it's coming out here in uh, America, because I believe this company is Japanese. 
So, and as you can okay. see, this is straight up Spider Verse version hooded, you know, with the yeah, with the right costume. Yeah. So there you go. But you can go seek that out at your leisure. All right. Next up, uh, it's time for the Marvel Universe to take notice of Gwenpool and Strikes Back. So, Gwenpool uh, um, is basically getting her own limited series. I think we talked about this like previously, but uh, it's coming out relatively soon. And this was uh, um, this was an uh, uh, an interview with the artist David Baldion, who uh, also finished his run on um, uh, Domino's books books. So. And talk about that with the uh, well, talk about stuff with Newsarama. So, I'm not the biggest Quinpool fan, but I'm not also a biggest big Deadpool fan. So it is what it is. Next, uh, Star Wars reveals the origin of Admiral Holdo's big last Jedi move. So this is for Star Wars Age of uh, Resistance special that came out this week. Um, that particular story was written by G. Willow Wilson. Um, and Elsa Chartier on um, art, and uh, Nick Filardi, I guess, doing colors. So yeah, I haven't read that um, read that issue yet, and I've, I've got a bunch of those stored up. But apparently, yeah, this goes through her motivations, and apparently, this uh, as G Willow said uh, on Twitter, like the story for for anyone who's ever been um, underestimated, underappreciated, which I feel seen. So there is that. Next. Uh, Star Wars Captain Phasma has become so much more than a boring mass badass. Um, part of me is just like, who? But I know who Phasma is. The really. character that looked cool but didn't do a whole heck of a lot. But apparently some no- uh, novel and some recent uh, Star Wars comics have filled in much more of Phasma's story. Yes, that is true, and I remember the the comic part. I haven't read the the the, uh, the, uh, the novel, but yeah, the we found out. Spoiler alert! There's actually a little bit more to Phantom's uh, backstory because everybody's got to come from somewhere. <laughs> and uh, apparently, this this article compared her to Boba Fett, which is no. I mean, I, I guess I can see because she's got cool armor and she's badass, but no, she doesn't. Right, really and then gets marked. So well, she, well, we don't know if, if she actually you know, did and she, or she escaped. Uh, some there was a lot of suggestions saying that now she didn't die, but we don't don't know. But um, uh, but yeah, that's how that that that's where the comparison. It's a surface comparison, but a comparison nonetheless. So right, so there is that. Next up, um, a Luke Skywalker inspired prosthetic arm lets amputee feel again. So I mean, there's there have been um, other. Uh, prosthetic arms before this one looks um apparently like uh luke's arm in, in the last couple of movies or well yeah yeah i, I stand by what i just said so let's see the luke arm i guess they're even calling it that um is a prosthetic arm developed to return functionality and feeling to those who have lost their limbs according to cnn uh and and uh, the MBT was able to use the bionic, bionic hand to manipulate and feel various objects. So I guess it, this, this arm actually gives sensation. So we're actually going forward with the, the Misty Knight slash Bucky slash... Um, to, <laughs> slash to step slash, forward. Yeah. 
so, step forward, and that's cool. Because anytime you see that stuff in comics, you're like, that is no way in the world that could possibly work, except for the, the way they ginned it up. But but not in real life. But now this sounds like this is actual. So, cool. Next up. Uh, next up, uh, Marvel's D23 Expo plans include um, uh, projects from Marvel Studios, Marvel Comics, and even Marvel projects from Disney Parks. So, uh, that's, you know, just as a in broad stroke, there's going to be a dedicated pavilion with the costume gallery and exclusive uh, in-game video experiences. Also, they're going to have panels with MC filmmakers and artists, as well as trivia games for prizes. And the pinnacle for most will be the two-hour Disney Studios D23 presentation, which is scheduled to include Marvel Studios with exclusive footage, special guest appearances, and more. So Marvel also has two panels scheduled. Um, the D23 Expo is for members of a Disney fan club, if I'm not mistaken, or a ticket club. Um, so yeah, Some kind I, of I ticket, usually... something like a it's like a ticketing thing where. If you're like an annual subscriber to the parks or something, something like that. So D D is the more uh, official official convention expo slash thing, and celebration is more Star Wars and fan surrounding um, con- expo. So usually, because sometimes you can get those two co- confused. Well, actually, now you can anyway. But it, it's it's still kind of weird for me. Like D, I know knowing what D is, which is basically all things Disney and the expo. No, this is only every two years, I think. Right. Um, but it's still weird. It's like, yeah, Disney's a part of, I mean, excuse me, Marvel's a part of Disney, and therefore they're a part of D now. Right. <laughs> so that is still kind of weird for me. But yeah, like I said, um, the D and Celebration are two different things. So, but mm-hmm. nevertheless. Um, next up. up. So, wait, did I not put the, okay, so basically there is a Monopoly Marvel uh, 80 Years Edition board game of, so basically an 80 Years Edition of Monopoly, because there's a Monopoly board for everything, and Alex Ross on his Instagram um, shared his his image, the image that he created for the board game on his Instagram. Uh, so that's cool. And this is, I think we may have talked about this in passing, but I didn't really, really, really notice. I know there's an Avengers one, but I didn't recognize that this was out. And apparently it's 50 bucks and it'll be released sometime this year. Um, so if you are that much of a fan, uh, you should go seek this out. And I think pre-orders are up for it already. Next up. And speaking of board games. Um, Speaking me. of board games, at Gen Con 2019, Fantasy Flight announced uh, Marvel Champions, the card game. So as part of the kickoff to Gen Con 2019, this game was introduced. Uh, it's a cooperative living card game that brings superheroes to the living card game format. And yes, more than likely, folks, if you know anything about me, I will probably get this at some point when it's available because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Because I love me some card games, card-based games. Um, so yeah, Gen Con is the big board game uh, board game convention that's going on now, and D and D and all that kind of good mess. I know like Jim Zub and a whole bunch of other people uh, that are into that stuff uh, are there, and and I know like various bunches of people on my timeline is is there in some capacity. So. I hear about it every year, and I'm like, I kind of want to go to that. I'm not the biggest board game fan, but uh, I, I, I'm adjacent, 
especially with the card games and whatnot. Um, and I don't have friends, but whatever. Next up, um, Marvel gets. Oh no. Anyway, Marvel gets a new miniature game, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol miniatures game that just rolls off the tongue. Uh, Fantasy Flight again. Marvel's uh, uh, announces this game from Atomic Games. Wait, what? Oh, so Fantasy Flight Games is publishing it, but Atomic Mass Games was the one who actually um, uh, made it. And apparently Atomic Mass Games was recently acquired by Asmodee, which is a name I've heard of in some capacity. I'm not sure why. Oh, this is very Heroclixy. Yes. That's weird because they're still putting out Heroclix Marvel stuff. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, but they make miniatures games outside of Hero Heroclix for other stuff. Right. You know, there's like well, these don't have right. These don't have that base where you can right. Dialect, right. Exactly. So this is not exactly that. This just so happens to be figures on top of a, a uh, base. Figures on base. Yeah. So yeah, and there's a video on here. Of, I guess uh, from Fantasy Flight during Gen Con, which I, I suspect goes over all that stuff. So. Cool. Um, no word on the price. I don't see. But yeah, I imagine that's coming out this fall, just like uh, that last game. And there's another one I should have put in, in close to this, but I, but um, that would have gone perfectly. But we'll get to it. Next up. Uh, next up. Inside the Batman 80th Anniversary Exhibit at the Comic-Con Museum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So... Um, Comic-Con Museum opened up a Character Hall of Fame uh, for the first time uh, to celebrate 80 years of Batman stories. And this article um, helps to enlighten us on what's inside. Yeah, it's basically a lot of pictures from said panel or, or, or what, uh, said, uh, excuse me, exhibit. So you see here on the video a bunch of Batman suits. Uh, I think... Um, uh, uh, that's uh, Todd McFarlane, I'm guessing. Anyway, uh, a bunch of stuff from there. A bunch of DC collectibles figures, which that number 51 looks like he's doing a handstand, like he's breakdancing, and a bunch of other stuff from that, so we don't need to... Wait, Joe Chill, really? Okay. Anyway, but yeah, a bunch of stuff from the exhibit. You can go check that out um, in, the, in the show notes. DC's Legion reboot may bring a lantern to the 32nd century. So, in the upcoming Legion of Superheroes reboot, uh, I believe Bendis is right in that. Uh, let's see. We'll take on a 61-year-old team era that includes uh, a lantern, only not necessarily a green lantern. And there are already plenty of lantern uh, spectrum colored, so who knows where that could go. Um... Although many elements of the Legion were seemingly wiped from the continuity, da 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 da. So basically, yeah, this is going in and on that, and this is possibly um, Superboy as Superman and a bunch of other stuff. I don't know. I'm not a big Legion of Superheroes adjacent person, so those who I know there are people who really love the Legion. So good on them. Next. Next up, uh, Diamond Comics distributors told retailers this week that DC canceled all orders for Wildcats number one through three, the new series from Warren Ellis and Ramon Villalobos, but that uh, DC expects to resolicit these books at some future date. Uh, some people may have seen uh, advertisements for the series in some of this week's DC books. 
So um, we'll see when that is resolicited. Yep. Uh, who serves the Batman Who Laughs leading into Batman Superman? Spoiler alerts for Batman Who Laughs number seven, which I think came out this week, and none of us are reading it. Huh. Um, so, yes, yeah, so apparently we get, I guess, we basically get a rundown on who's the who's who and who's affected by said Batman in this rundown, which we've already talked about a couple of in the past. So, next up. Uh, apparently, July was National Ice Cream Month. And Wonder Woman and Supergirl celebrated National Ice Cream Month um, uh, in an image released on Wonder Woman's Twitter account. Diana shared a cone of uh, apparently strawberry saucer ice cream with Supergirl. Ice cream! So, which. Ice cream! <laughs> the ice cream man is coming! Oh, no. Shout out to Eddie Murphy. <laughs> there he is. And also Method Man and, and the Wu Tang Clan for. Well, actually, that's uh, Raekwon and Raekwon. Oh, yeah, Raekwon yeah, and uh, Ghost Song, but everybody, everybody else was on it. So yeah, yeah. the the image, uh, as if you see here on the uh, video, was done by Jenny Frisson, Frisson for a variant cover of Wonder Woman forty seven. And being that it was Ice Cream Month, you cannot go far without. Um, Mentioning a couple of speaking of Supergirl related gifs that have been floating around, notably this one. If you're watching the video from uh, when the Flash guest starred first guest starred on Supergirl, because uh, there was an ice cream scene between uh, uh, the the characters and the Jimmy Olsen of the universe, to where uh, Supergirl was highly excited to be getting some ice ice cream. And of course, her reactions thereafter, and including if you're watching the video, you're seeing all these gifts. This one, which, yes, may seem kind of suggestive and has been used such, such uh, on a few different occasions. But we're going to move on. Next up. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be moving on. Um, Funko's Funkoverse board game lets you play as your favorite golden girl. Thank you for being a friend. Come on, y'all know the song. So, yeah, so uh, this was recently announced at, actually, um, uh, well, according to this, it says San Diego Comic-Con, but I believe this has came out in the past day from Gen Con? So, this, yeah, because this, this article I um, this article I got was from a couple of weeks ago, but I know this, there was news about this recently. Um, uh, I believe at Gen Con. Um, and also, but since we're here, there is, if you look at the clickbait session, a how to play DC's Funko, uh, Funkoverse version of the board game, which as we get into it, so basically Funkoverse is a board game that uses Funko looking figures and they have different play sets, uh, with various, um, themed around various, um, Funko theme figures so there's a golden girls one there's a dc one there's like actually there's like two or three dc uh ones um which i'm glad we did that that funko funko uh ad because it was right there on the, the front page uh touting the, the dc one so yeah the first batch of these board games will be based on and not in, in um limited to harry potter rick and morty DC Comics and the Golden Girls in either four to six character sets. 
which I'm kind of wondering, like, if you have the actual pops, could you just use those in, in place of, which, uh, you know, these don't, they look like the pops, but it look, looks slightly a little more detailed than it was on C, because I remember buying some of the Golden Girls pops for presents. But, um, anyway, so it says here, Funkiverse is a collectible strategy board game based off of different pop culture universes that play similar to Settlers of Catan. Uh, the first batch will, uh, well, I said that. Each variation will vary variation comes with its own three inch figurine that can be used across different games so basically you, the golden girls could be in the the, the, the dc place at fighting crime i guess uh this means four people could play a game as batman Voldemort, harley quinn and blanche in the rick and morty universe so that's interesting then each game will have its own scenario and ways to win uh, each character has their own unique abilities that can help them in different ways it will take some strategy to figure out which characters work best and how to make the most of their abilities in order to get the most points to win. So, that's kind of neat. I mean, if you got all those figures, you know, might as well put them to get use in some kind of way, right? Right. Okay. Um, next up, which is the last story of the night. Ah, Best Buy made a boo-boo and accidentally revealed exclusive Power Rangers lightning figures to the shock and surprise and uh, gnashing of teeth. Um, teeth. They made a goof and revealed some new Power Rangers figures prematurely. Yeah, not, so, not the first time uh, for the them. Power Rangers fan accounts on social media were all abuzz about a new two-pack of figures in the lightning collection. And, uh... I want to say these yeah. may be figures that we talked about. Um, these are revealed online. Right. Sure. Yeah, I think they might have been from uh, at um, uh, San Diego, because I feel like we, we these two specifically that I'm showing on screen have been shown before. Uh, but yeah, so that's the thing. And, you know, like sometimes happens either Best Buy or, or Amazon or somebody will have thrown up a page and goof and then take it down like, like they did and somebody picked up and already... <laughs> already pouring over it as they as they screen capped it um so yeah that's the thing and that folks is oh poop there we go that folks is the end of the news can we have one more ad read please sir our last ad read of the night is for blue aprons meal delivery service blue apron can get fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with blue apron Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can in, can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today. I'm actually legitimately hungry and rushes is closed, which is a bummer. Um, for those who are in the the, the, um, the southeastern area, know what rushes is. And that, folks, as I whoop, switch them, hit them switches again. Brings us to the end of this here show. Oh, real quick. I knew I forgot something. I said I was going to do this earlier. But, um, unboxing time. Yeah, you can do that quick. 
Uh, so I'm going to put the thing on me. And thanks to the generous generosity of Matt Wang, who I still gonna need to get his money off to him, um, sent me this nice box here. I went ahead and took all the particulars out of there because I didn't want anybody to have either one of our addresses. Uh, as I open up the box, says, um, personal confidential. I have no idea what is in there. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of anything in there. Nope, that's not in there. Okay. But thanks. I might need this. <laughs> um, so here we have. Ooh. Oh, cool. Sweet. Thanks, Matt. So, um, San Diego Comic Con happened. And as sometimes tend to happen, Matt is nice enough to, to stand in line and if um, to, to get some stuff and we pay him back. So this is stuff that's not, you know, um, not free given, obviously. We appreciate him every time he does this stuff. We really do. Because we don't ever get to go. And we probably never did. Most of you nice people want to send us there one day. I'm joking. We don't do it. But anyway... Um, here is a set that I know is, that was introduced at the show, but it's going to go wide. If not, it's already wide, uh, in stores, uh, probably sometime soon, if not now. It is the Transformers trading card game, and this is a set that sometimes they, they do, like they did the Metroplex set, and there's, um, they have a Constructicon set. So this one in particular is the Blaster versus Soundwave set, which... Um, obviously you can't have one tape deck without the other. So as this, uh, as this would suggest, so you have your sound wave card and you have your blaster cards and you have their tape deck cards, which is there back there. It doesn't really play. There we go. Uh, in the back, I haven't opened it up obviously because I just got it. Um, and you see all the, in the peripheries, all of the tape deck cards, which will go with the main cards. Uh, I'm, I have explained this game kind of sort of before. Uh, but basically, you make a deck with, you know, uh, various iterations of Transformers. Now, the ones like these are kind of a pre-made deck because you can only have a certain number of cards on the, I mean, Transformers on deck, uh, leading up to 25. So, as you can see here, um, on the back, uh, let's see, there's the transformation state, and there's the bot state, and there's the, the, the cards that, that go along with it. And it basically give you... So I basically got here two ready-to-play decks of 40 cards, although I think 60 is the, the max, and we'll probably have to do some more, but actually I'm not sure. Regardless, because I haven't actually played, um, but I've been collecting these things like mad whenever I can. So that's dope. And he also gave me uh, another booster pack for the um, things as Wave 4 that is out now. This is basically the new Wave that is out now. Because there was a base set, there was a combiner set, uh, I can't remember what face it is. So this is the Wave 3 or Wave 4. But this is the... the oh, and it says Convention Pack 2019. So which means that this is possibly... Oh! Oh, okay. This is the Omnibots thing. I'm sorry. I didn't. I should have read this. So there, So in this pack, which looks like a regular booster pack of uh, the Transformer game, which is a, a regular booster pack here, and these regular booster packs is basically one foil card, which is the bot, and then a bunch of action cards. Uh, this particular one has three different cards and we talked about the set when uh when i think we talked about no this is one of the set but we talked about some cards that um they reissued last week and i'm sure 
if you could see Agent Seventy's face right now, he's like, <laughs> they're cards. Yeah. I know. Yes. Oh, hey, look. You have something here. You you go. It's guard. all good. So, but you know what? This is the Omnibot card. I'm not gonna open this up right now. And this is a, a set of uh, three other cards that you could play. Uh, in addition to this other stuff. So this is cool. So I appreciate uh, Matt Fur for doing that. I didn't know that's how the I'm not bot, bot cards came, so I'm going to have to put them in this big-ass binder that's the bottom behind me. Um, so that's how you do. And that, folks, is the end of this show. Thanks again to, to Matt for, for that. And uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> Whether I get to play them or not, but I'm going through these, uh, I, I will have a ball with yeah. them, especially when I go to uh, archive them. Like when, yeah, uh, I should be picking up my Marvel Legends. Hall. I didn't have a chance to do it today, uh, you know, for because of uh, right, uh, scheduling problems. conflicts. Yes, mm-hmm. because of scheduling conflicts, I wasn't able to get my uh, my uh, my Mar- my new Marvel Legends Hulk from San Diego. But hopefully by next week, I'll be able to show it off. Yeah, cool. So we look forward to that. And on that note, um, we are at the end of the show. Thank you, each and every one, for coming out. This is definitely nowhere near as long as uh, last week's show <laughs> ended up being. As I can see at the top, um, as I can actually see at the top of this thing. So we're still going strong. Um, we will see you again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Um, and hopefully, we'll have some more uh, of the. Uh, the gremlins knocked out of the system in this new uh, light stream version of our show. Yeah, uh, I may and as much as I love to do it, I may have to look through this one to see how this looks. I hate watching and or listening to myself on these things but I'm absolutely the one who has to do that editing. So yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, so for me, Radicat at Twitter, on Twitter and Instagram and um, CB, uh, me, CB Caps on Instagram, which I've been putting stuff up so you should go check that out. Uh, uh, news Nurse Need on Twitter, News Nurse Needs Reddit. That's it? That's it. Come on, man. Stay with me. <laughs> Agent underscore 70 on Twitter. I'm keeping up. But it's just that, you know, there's times when you... you know, I know. Sometimes I tend to pause and doesn't, doesn't seem right. like I'm finished. I know. <laughs> but uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and PopCultureNetwork... Excuse me. PopCultureNet on Twitter. Tim D O G G 98 Bill Cyrus that is ish. You can find him there and theclicknation.com and also theclicknation. That's D K L I Q T H excuse me. That's T H K L I Q N A T L N all one word on Twitter and the dot com therein. Also C V Cron on Twitter and Combo Resources over there right in the face off. You can find this podcast on Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, the Coast of the Podcast Network's Spotify. Uh, yes, Spotify, definitely, but the um, SoundCloud link. We will be back next week, like we said. Um, hopefully ironed out and with this nice new gear, unless, you know, Google's nice enough to give us hangouts back, which I doubt very <laughs> seriously. Yeah, it's not going to happen right away, so it's if it ever does happen. And as, as Agent 70 says, the pessimist in me thinks they're never going to do it. <laughs> because once they usually get rid of stuff, because bring back Wave, goddammit. Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> if you're going to do that. And bring back Reader while you're at it. 
but they're not going to do that. Never will. So with that, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Um, peace, love. Peace, one. <laughs> Good evening, friends.